I mean, if I can still get so okay, so it's no f- and no sh- yeah. Yes. Okay. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Football Absurdity Podcast. My name is Jeff Crisco, and I am here with my co-host, Walker Kelly and Mike Valverde. And today we are here with a special guest. It's Herms. If you know fantasy football Twitter, you know Herms NFL. Herms, how are you going today? (laughs) This is happening. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so course, excited. Oh, yeah, I got to pay you back for when you had me on the lateral, which I'd like to say the last episode before you guys started putting them up on YouTube. I'm not bitter or anything. It doesn't stick in my craw. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry. We'll have to remedy this at some point. Although I think StreamYard only saves files for like 15 days or something. So perhaps that ship has sailed. But yeah, I can no, find that, a way that... to pirate it off of my own periscope i don't know i I think that's long since i think that's long since sailed so uh let's do this since i'll probably forget let me get the business out of the way and then we'll we'll get into this so um today's episode is our first division preview we are doing the afc north since herms is a stillers fan that's why he's going to be on today um we're going to be doing these over the next eight weeks we're going to have guests on the main feed um every other episode will be on the patreon feed patreon.com slash football absurdity and um those will fit in there our upcoming guests are going to be in a couple weeks we're going to do the nfc north with uh roto at roto surgeon kevin surgeon and then we're going to be doing the afc west a couple weeks after that with uh linda lindell at Lindellians. It's the it's the, the Twitter handle. That's what throws me off. She will be helping us out uh, doing the AFC West. Um, big surprise this morning. Beer sheets went up. <laughs> Kevin was just messaged us. It was like, oh, yeah, by the way, beer sheets are ready. They're up on the site. Oh. We were like, we we're like, what? Because uh, we were working on some back end stuff to like uh, do some stability things. And he's like, oh, we're ready. I was like, Okay, beer sheets are ready. That's a go. So he's going to be on Twitch on Wednesday, twitch.tv slash footballabsurdity. We're going to go through a draft with a beer sheet, and then that's going to be up on our YouTube. That's also going to be linked on the beer sheets landing page, so everybody can use a beer sheet. Um, I do have to message him to get my special Scott Fishbowl 11 beer sheet so I can beat everybody, because I I, I was in it in 19, and I made the playoffs drafting off of beer sheets, so I'd like to do that again. Um, Slapping table. Beer sheets. Beer beer sheets. Oh, uh, player profiles are so up on the site. We're starting those this week. Uh, we got 20 quarterbacks up this week. We're going to have 35 running backs go up next week and so on and so forth. So business out of the way. Now it's party time. Herms. Yeah. How's it going, buddy? How are you doing today? I'm doing pretty good. Although uh, shout out beer sheets, because before I ever joined fantasy Twitter, I originally uh, messed around a little bit on fantasy football Reddit. Mm-hmm. And that's how I first found out about that. So, like, dude, super helpful. Super oh, yeah. big fan of beer sheets. So shout out beer sheets. Yeah. And if you don't know what beer sheets are, first of all, I don't know how you got here without knowing what beer sheets are for the listeners. Um, uh, fully customizable cheat sheets that come based off of aggregate projections. And they're completely free. I think that's why everybody loves them so much, because they're good and they're free. Um, so, yeah, those are those are up on the site. You can get them right now. Uh, FootballAbsurdity.com. I'll put a link to the beer sheets uh, request line um, as soon as this motorcycle goes by. <laughs> Jesus. 
Somebody's Sorry living next that. door to Sam. Are you living next door to Sam Crow? What's going on here? I don't know. That doesn't usually happen. Riding through <laughs> this world. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh All right. All right, Herm. So let's let's get into talking about you. Talk about Herm. So you're a Pittsburgh Steelers fan. Do you like any other sports? What are your fandoms? Let's start there. Oh, well, uh, my favorite sport is baseball. Um, definitely. Although I've sacrificed following baseball in order to be a content creator so that's it's disappointing but at the same time i don't know it is what it is uh so shout out the washington nationals uh despite the fact that i root for the pittsburgh uh football franchise i am from the greater dc area so dc sports with that you know so the nationals for baseball and then the capitals for hockey and uh i mean basketball is okay i guess i mean college is a little more popular around here than professional but like I don't know. I guess, you know, gun to my head, it's like, sure, Bradley Beal, <laughs> go, go Wizards, I guess. But, like, I I couldn't care less. Uh, but, yeah, so, I mean, that's that's definitely where I'm. And also, I do have a strange uh, relationship with the Washington football team. It's, uh, <laughs> it's really something. <laughs> <laughs> and I just would like to say the same screwed up thing I did with the PCP episode I just did with this one. So shout out to me for getting to start to record on the OBS. So big, big shout out to me. So this episode's going to be a little funky. The same thing I, I got mad about before the episode I did again. Good for me. Good for me, everybody. So <laughs> right. so uh, uh, I'm great at this. So, Herms, let, let's start this. Where can the people – here's an easier question. Where can people not find you? Because you're everywhere. Everywhere I turn, there's Herms doing something. Oh, well, uh, where you cannot find me, uh, the people who have uh, somehow come across me and tried to add me as a friend on Facebook. I'm not, I don't, <laughs> I don't want to spend time there anymore. <laughs> like, it's nothing against anybody in particular. It's just like, yo, the only reason I still have a Facebook account is so that my mom doesn't feel personally offended that I deleted it. So it's just like, you know, every now and then it'll be like, hey, could you please go in there and like my photo? I'm like, sure, mom. Of course. Yeah, why like, not? I'll, of course. Like, no problem. Because I mean, it's my mom, of course. You know, like, shout out Mama Herms. But like, just, yeah, I that that is that is where you cannot find me. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and Herms, people are always like, Jeff, you're always so mad at the world. You need to get off Twitter. You're, you know, you're, you're so wrapped up in politics and stuff. Do you know what saved my brain? It's getting off of Facebook. Because Twitter, it's like, I'm just taking out the... I, I can't yell at my friends' stupid opinions on uh, on Facebook, so I go yell at strangers on Twitter. Is <laughs> what ends up happening. It is way more healthy that way. Especially, oh my god, just like yelling at people on Twitter. Especially, like, you know, people within the community that I live in. Like, oh my gosh. Like, it, some of like, the, the comment section of, like, our local newspaper is, like so toxic i'm pretty sure like if we poured it on the world it would melt the entire earth like I, <laughs> I that's can't every do it. local section though that's my, the next excuse me the next i chugged a rock star before the episode walker called me out on it now i'm burping um but uh my local next door it's like i got an argument with the guy because he's like what we need to do is sit outside the grocery stores and if we see somebody stealing alcohol we like tackle him i'm like <laughs> What? that's assault i'm like what you're doing what you're talking about is assault like and he got really mad so don't go on next door either all right um so what's herms what's your fantasy journey where you you popped up what was it last off season all of a sudden herms started being everywhere and um so what got you onto fantasy football and onto fantasy twitter i guess well uh 
I mean, I've told this story before, but um, the whole uh, like there was a camp that my fifth grade history teacher ran every summer until he ultimately retired from teaching. It was a fantasy sports camp. So I did that from ages nine to 17 every single summer, sometimes multiple times a summer. Just because, like, I don't know. It's one of those things, like, my older brother was part of it because, I don't know, I guess, like, he had the same teacher for math, and it was something he, like, integrated into, you know, his math curriculum. And it was just like, hey, you know, if you guys, you know, have fun playing these games, you know, I offer the thing during summer. So it's like, you know, it's as anybody with, you know, siblings has experienced or whatever, especially if you have an older sibling, it's like, you know, at a certain age, it's like, whatever they're doing, it's like, oh, I want to do it. So, you know, I followed him there, and... uh I ended up having a really great time doing that. And we were taught like fantasy baseball, football, basketball, hockey, and fantasy golf. Oh man. Yeah. And I have, and I know this is not really conducive to the audio format, but. Oh yeah. Got a 15 year old bottle of Yoohoo. That is my, uh, yes, baseball head to head playoff champion, 2006. This is the first fantasy trophy I've ever won. So, yep. <laughs> all all of the uh, all of the quote unquote trophies are just food items. So I just have like this bucket of expired food that's been <laughs> sitting in my room for ages. Slowly but, rotting. Your trophies see, now, are slowly rotting. Now what you should have to do is, um, the punishment for being last place in the league is if you have won it before, you have to consume all of your previous trophies. Oh man. <laughs> If I go through and just put together a fantasy sports camp alumni league, <laughs> that would, oh, th- those stakes are very high, man. Cause he, my, my teacher ran that camp from like the late eighties through <laughs> like the early tens. So <laughs> just, oh, the, just, just people of all ages, just chugging various rotten foods. Sounds, sounds, sounds like a plan. So, um, all right. Uh, Herms, who what 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 fantasy football or fantasy baseball guy? I guess if this question doesn't really work because uh, it was a journey for you. But who made you fall in love with fantasy? Was it like for me? It was every year I drafted Brian Westbrook and Tiki Barber, and that got me really hooked on fantasy football. Man, I because when I started playing, uh, Ladanian Tomlinson was the dude. So this is like. If uh, the the whole thing at the camp was just like, I want to get the first pick so I can take LaDainian Tomlinson, you know, because I mean, like there were some kids because it was around the time when like, you know, taking a quarterback in the first round was like still more acceptable for like single QB leagues. But yeah. either way, like it was like one of three players would get picked first. It would, you know, Tom Brady, Peyton Manning or the best answer, LaDainian Tomlinson. So just like plus like not even just in fantasy, but also just like real life. I mean, like. He doesn't rank, like, super high in my all-time favorite players, just because, like, from when I was a kid, my favorite players were either on the football team or the Steelers. But, I mean, dude, just shout out LaDainian Tomlinson. If you're listening to this, please, I would like to meet you in person and give you a hug. That would be super great. I will give you – I only have, like, 15 bucks max. (laughs) But, I mean, I think that's an acceptable hug fee. So that's just me. So, LaDainian Tomlinson, if you're listening, please do something better with your time. You're a millionaire former athlete. <laughs> please don't. <laughs> I did do a – LaDainian Tomlinson, if you're listening, I did a project on you in sixth grade. <laughs> Shout out. 
Same, same to me and Dr. J in fourth grade, if you're listening, Heck Dr. Yeah. J. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Herms, uh, last question for you before Mike, who's been quiet, he's been he's been contemplating because he asked he asked the hard question this week. But for me, what player is your hashtag brand this season and why is it Ronald Jones? And why have you convinced me that Ronald Jones is a good call? Donald Rones. <laughs> Dude, because I mean I it was like November or something, and I would just like I kept seeing so many people just like saying really like weirdly disparaging things about Ronald Jones's talent. And I was just like, I mean, I get that as a rookie, you know, it was weird and you know, his career's been off to a strange start, but like He's really good, right? And then it would just be like, no, no, he's terrible. I'm like, when did we just decide this? And it got me, like, really like, pissed off once. <laughs> and then I think, like, that Sunday, he – I can't remember, like, what game it was or who it was against. But, like, he scored a couple touchdowns or something, and I just, like, tweeted out in all caps, like, do not besmirch the name of Rojo. <laughs> and I just, like – I. I I bookmarked it because I was like, this could be a fun bit. And then it evolved into me genuinely really just being like, wait a minute. I'm on to something. Yeah. No, Ronald Jones is really good. Like, because, I mean, I understand. Like, you know, there's a weird, like, especially people who play, like, half PPR or full PPR. You know, there's a weird bias against players who can't catch the ball at all as if that is like the only thing that props up a running back's value despite the fact that the word running is in the name of the position anyway but like you know <laughs> but but he's a really he's a really good rusher and i'm just like dude you know what that this is just my guy now because the like the, i hate the the rhetoric around Ronald Jones it makes no sense and like especially when people are like oh you know I wish the Buccaneers would just trust him I'm like dude he like in 14 games 13 games started like he almost like went over 200 carries last year like he did way more than Leonard Fournette did <laughs> like yeah. what are people talking about like that whole thing you know, has been broken. Because it's like, it's not like he's, you know, splitting the time bizarrely with Peyton Barber anymore. Like, those days are gone, dude. Like, whatever. I don't know. Like, it started as a bit, but then it just became a genuine thing. Yeah, and, it's it's yeah, so yeah. funny. People are like, oh, playoff Lenny. And it's the same thing they're doing with Cam Makers, where it's like, well, he was good the last time I saw him. Therefore, he's the best one there. And it's like, well, not necessarily. Um, but I've what's heard funny this is... song many times. And... It's a good song, but the ending really falls off. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, you know, it's, if you bet on the last thing you saw, it's, it's, you can be like, well, I got tricked. But if you're like, well, I'm going to, I'm going to set aside the last thing I saw and go back. That's when you're like, oh, I'm wrong. I guess, I guess I did this wrong. And, and, uh, I, I'm starting to believe in Ronald Jones and Walker, you tweeted out, you know, if you're in on Miles Gaskin, you're not in on Ronald Jones, you're doing it wrong. And I'm just yep. like. Come on. Yes. So uh yes. I combined I like combined both Jeff and Herm's brain. Germ's <laughs> brain. And to be and Walker just used uh facts and logic to make uh make Herms into a Miles Gaskin fan and me into a Ronald Jones fan. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Mike. 
Mike, you've been oddly quiet because you've been you've been scheming. So, uh, Herms, <laughs> this is your first episode. Uh, um, we do pick your poison, which was football player stuff in the past. But Mike's like, you know what? I want people to be able to get to know us and to learn things. So Mike is one step away from being Jigsaw, asking us if we want to play a game. Because two weeks ago, he asked, what's our most useless uh, skill? This time he's asking, uh, what's our biggest fear? And I'm feeling... Next week, we're all going to get knocked out and we're going to end up, you know, chained together in a bathroom. (laughs) (laughs) Saw style. So, uh, Mike, it's your question. We'll start with you. What is your biggest fear? And then we can use that against you when you kidnap us. So I I guess my biggest fear is small airplanes. I will not get on an airplane, especially a small one. I hate flying. I do not fly. I I mean, that when when the when the football um, the uh what do you call it um expo fantasy football expo started i got so excited and then my second thought was oh i gotta get on a plane um mm, um so not even covid i put covid behind um flying uh and therefore my biggest fear is anytime i get on an airplane so you mentioned a small airplane specifically i used to work at an airport um that one of our so we did uh 77 78 seaters 50 seaters and 37 seaters do you want me to make you never want to get onto a 37 seater ever again none of those numbers are are very very good to me at all even the 70 no none of those none none of those are going to work i do not trust an airplane that can barely fly by itself i just it's just not going to happen first flight of the day I had to be at work at 4.45 a.m., first flight of the day. It was a 37-seater. It was a prop plane. We had to literally count the number of people in the plane, the number of bags, and do math to make sure that when the plane took off, it did not get too back-heavy and go up and then just fall back down out of the sky as I smack my mic. And we were all either tired or hungover while doing it. Because it was mostly college kids that were doing it. So we were all either tired or hungover doing this at 440. Or I guess the flight was at 6 a.m. in the morning. So um, as opposed to 6 a.m. at night. Um, but, Mike, that'll 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 really make you want to get onto a 37 seater. Oh, yeah. Now, now I'm all about it. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Mike, <laughs> I flew I flew in a three seater from Santa Barbara to Sacramento once. <laughs> Guys, it's uh, you you uh, you thought you were tuning into a football fantasy football podcast, but it turns out that you are now learning that uh, hungover teenagers are in charge of like the entire world. I was 22. Okay, All hungover right. college kids. Herms, what's your biggest fear? Oh. Eventually, well, we'll talk football. Don't worry. Yes, uh, <laughs> my biggest fear. Um, I don't know. Like, I got a lot of fears, man. <laughs> so, like, uh, I don't know. Hand germs, that's up there for me. Uh, not quite on, like, Howie Mandel levels, but, you know, I I had hand sanitizer in my car well before the pandemic started. Um, there's that. Jeez. Uh, w- weird clowns. Not all clowns, but just weird clowns. You know, like, th- th- there are just certain clowns that, like, they give you a vibe and you're like, I know what you're doing. Like that, that type of, yeah. So definitely that, uh, I don't know, being alone forever. That's definitely one of them, more of an existential thing. But, uh, 
Oh, man. That's smart. Mike Mike can't kidnap you and lock you in a room with the concept of being alone. So that's a smart. <laughs> yeah, there you go. See? And plus, you know, like I will occasionally put myself in that mental prison when I'm not doing super well anyway. So joke's on you. <laughs> like, Checkmate. But, uh, yeah. And then, uh, I don't know, just like the threat of global warming. <laughs> just like Ooh. really. I mean, dude, I really don't want to be alive when all of that really comes to its pinnacle. Because like, dude, <laughs> oh, yeah. that uninhabitable wasteland is not going to be fun. So, Ooh, man, imagine yeah. that. So <laughs> looking forward to the water wars really looking forward to the water wars and um we forgot um, i forgot to mention shout out zeitgang herms uh they were talking about that this morning on the the daily zeitgeist a podcast herms and i both listened to and uh it, it definitely didn't make me feel better about everything that's for sure not at all not at all <laughs> but I, I i i absolutely adore anybody who's ever come across that show you know just shout out miles shout out jack if you're listening if you're yeah. listening to this, we love you. I, if they're if you're listening, let me on the yeah. podcast. Give Charles a or give Herms a hug. It's fifteen dollars. Exactly. That's right. Yes, please. Let me let me on the podcast. So, all right, um, Walker, what is yours? What is your biggest fear? Um, in terms welcome of like, to the football absurdity fear cast. Yeah, fear <laughs> ball we, absurdity. We we have fear sheets available for you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> uh, <laughs> In terms of, like, normal stuff to be afraid of, it's just, like, being high up in the air. Like, I, I heights are not great for me. Um, but if you want the, like, the weird specific answer, which, duh, um, I can go up an escalator. I cannot go down an escalator. What? Yeah. Are, are so, you President Donald J. Trump? <laughs> <You're scared. laughs> Folks, you can't. Going down the escalate can't do it. You see, you you're looking down. You you see where you might. How do you not fall? You see where you might fall, and we we can't have that, folks. We can't have we can't have people falling off the escalator. You go up, you can see where it's going. You got the handrail, you'll be fine. You you look down, splat. (laughs) You know, look like an ice cream cone fell out of your hand. Very Uh, sad. Speaking of, you go Baskin Robbins. What's your favorite flavor? (laughs) Um, but yeah, I I just. If I can see what I'm going to fall onto if I fall and there's no, like, barrier, then it's just a big-time no-go for me. And so going up the escalator, I'm just like, well, I started on the ground, and then I'm just like, it's basically just like going up a flight of stairs. So that I'm like, man, whatever. But going (laughs) down, I see, like, the ground below me and nothing between me and the ground, and I'm just like, yeah, that's not happening. So you're not afraid of stairs. It's falling twice as fast down it is what scares you. I think I'm just afraid of, like, <laughs> falling more than, like, six feet and smacking into the ground. Oh, yeah. I, I, I can see that. I can see that. So um, let's see. What's what's my biggest fear? I'm afraid of nothing. No, I'm afraid of failure, which is fun. That's always that's always my, my answer is I'm afraid of failing. I'm afraid that... Jeff is afraid. Uh, Jeff is afraid of being thought of as lazy. That yeah, that's actually <laughs> yeah. probably that's probably a pretty good answer if we're being really honest here. Uh, I I had an anxiety attack today because I I dared take uh, the afternoon off yesterday, and I was like, oh, I have so much to do. You're so stupid. Why did you take yesterday off? So, Self care. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I know. I keep telling Woo-hoo, myself. Shit. I read a I read a whole book about it called Peak Performance. Yeah, self care is great. I'm the first person to be like. 
I'll be like, Walker, it's fine. You know, take care of yourself. Mike, it's fine. Take care of yourself. Herms, you post. And I'm like, buddy, you're fine. Don't worry about it. Take care of yourself. Me, I'm like, uh uh-uh. I I, I don't get that leeway. I gotta, I gotta, I gotta push and push and push and push. And then when I'm done with that, I gotta push harder. (sighs) Thanks. All right. Thanks. Thanks for tuning in to uh, uh, foot fantasy football therapy hour. Um, we'll be back we'll be back next week uh next week we'll talk about our relationships with our parents and uh how that made us who we are today this has been dr walker kelly (laughs) all right enough of that enough of period i'm really afraid the abyss is going to stare back so we gotta we gotta uh (laughs) we gotta switch to football so uh this is our first like i said at the top first division preview episode we are going to do and i realized i put nfc north in the twitch i am just killing it today uh this is what happens when you do too much no uh, no american football conference no american north american you know north american perfect Perfect terms thank you uh so this is yeah the afc the uh american football conference north division as i put it so uh we'll just go team by team position group by position group just kind of talk about what we expect here and um you know what we can do for them i added the fantasy pros adp uh don't get mad if it's wrong or if you think it's wonky um there's not much here in this division that's like that except for Najee, which is way off Najee is rb21 in this so that's wrong yeah he's he's going half that like he's going like no 10 11 yeah even if you do a uh even if you do a mock on fantasy pros like the lowest he'll ever go is i think 208 and he usually goes in like the early second. Yeah. So Every this time. is, which sounds about right to me. Yeah, that's way wrong. So, um, it's going to take a little bit of time for it to equalize, out, but once yeah. it gets there, it gets there. So we'll start with alphabetically. Um, as a Steelers fan, I'm sure this is your favorite team, the Baltimore Ravens. Herms, they were Ooh. eleven and <laughs> eleven and five in 2020. Uh, 2021, they're projected for 11 wins. Uh, that's their over/under in Vegas. They added Rashad Bateman, Sammy Watkins at wide receiver, Kevin Zeitler at guard. They lost, in air quotes, Mark Ingram because they had him inactive, <laughs> and then got rid of him. Matt Skura on the offensive line and Willie Sneed. So, Mike, you stay silent on on Lamar Jackson. That's where we're gonna start. We know how you feel about Lamar Jackson. He's not a good passer. He's not. <laughs> What do you expect for Lamar Jackson this season? What do you think? I have him as my QB one overall. So hey! I guess oh, I'm <laughs> leaving now. <laughs> Mike's out of here. I mean, it's just Mike's like, logging out. Yeah. I mean, I enjoy having an RB two that also throws. So I mean, like, yeah, you know, it's I mean, I. I get that the beginning of last season was frustrating, but I think a lot of that really boiled down to the fact that the Ravens were trying to get a little too cute with things and like, oh, ooh, we'll be unpredictable. Ooh. You know, it's just like, I don't know, like it's like being in middle school and you're just like, you know what? I'm just going to start dressing all edgy now. And you try it out for like four days and then you're just like, nope, nope, not feeling this. Let's go back to the regular wardrobe. I enjoyed that a lot more. And then yeah. it's like, oh, I'm comfortable again. Cool, great. And then things go better for you. Like, because you're comfortable. Like, once they went back and, you know, kind of let Lamar do his thing, like, it, it went pretty well, didn't it? I yeah. mean, yeah. So, like, dude, I, I they're not going to overthink this one. No, <laughs> I, I don't doing. think so either. 
And I'm going to ask you a question, and this is something that Walker and Mike pushed back on. Is it insane for Lamar Jackson to throw the ball 37 times per game? 27. 27, not 37, 27, sorry. 37, yeah, that's insane. 37's nuts, but yeah. we got into a knockdown drag out over if he's going to throw it thir- uh, 27 or 25 times per game. <laughs> I mean, they invested quite a bit in the receiver core. I don't think it's that insane for it to be 27. And plus, I mean, that's a fairly negligible difference. <laughs> yes, like, thank you. That was no, my that, point. That's, that's honestly the main point here is that I, I don't know why I was so adamant about arguing about that. <laughs> Also, another another thing to, to lay into your lap, uh, Mike and Walker. He averaged twenty seven point six pass attempts per game before he got COVID last year. Just, just, just saying, just saying. Yeah, just, yeah. Okay. All right. He's going to average twenty six point five, and that's that's the less I want to hear if about. If he averages twenty six point five, I'm calling that a win because I only recognize two significant figures here. Only two sig figs, buddy. That's 27 if you do 26 and a half. So we'll, we'll skip over the running backs for now. Uh, Herms, you mentioned the wide receiver core. Uh, Walker, why don't you why don't you talk to us about this wide receiver core? We got Marquise Brown, Rashad Bateman, Sammy Watkins week one, Tylen Wallace. Um, I mean, Tylen Wallace, people are getting spicy, but I don't think he's that good. Um, what 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 do you think we should expect out of this wide receiver core this year? And is there anybody in here that you're drafting at their at their their draft price? Uh, yeah, honestly, uh, I've been doing some mocks, and um, Rashad Bateman's price is pretty appealing right now. Honestly, uh, I have him wide receiver 51 in my projections currently, and I'm uh, doing mocks on Fantasy Pros, and he's typically going in that like wide receiver 60 range. So that's Mm -hmm. kind of like a tier below where I have him. So I've been picking him up as a bench piece quite a bit. Um, I don't think he's going to be a huge point guy, but I think he'll be kind of that, like, consistent, you can throw him in your flex and he's not going to kill you type. Um, Brown will obviously be the more kind of, like, popping off every now and then dude, but I don't think it's going to be predictable enough to really be useful. Yeah, and so I would honestly, I would take Bateman over Brown straight up, and Brown's going earlier right now, and I, I don't think that that should be the case. Um, I think mm-hmm. I think Bateman's the best player in that receiving core. Um, Sammy Watkins, he'll be fine, I guess, when he's healthy. Week, he'll week one play, star, he'll get yeah, he'll, exactly. he'll probably play like nine games. Um, and where do I have Tylen? Probably nowhere near anything. I just want to. I just want to see the number. Like I love Tylen Wallace, the football player, but I have him as wide receiver 145. There it is, folks. Oh Uh, man, that's Analyst Depot for you. Have you used Analyst Depot, Herms, for your projections? Have you played with it at all? Candidly, I have no idea what it is. (laughs) Oh man, it's it basically just walks you through um, doing projections. And um, but but the problem is, is you end up with stuff like uh, um, Travis Fulgham is my wide receiver. One hundred sixteen. <laughs> no, I have one hundred. I have one hundred and sixty four receivers projected. Can you guess who one hundred and sixty four is? I'll give you a hint. He's on Dallas. Uh, one hundred and sixty. Is it who's their wide receiver for? I don't even know. That dude. I, I don't. What's his name? They Didn't they? Uh, they drafted him in like the fourth round or something this year and everybody was like why uh oh what's that uh, tear the band-aid off who is it yeah just do it simi fahoko yes oh uh, yeah Fahoko. Yeah. yeah 
I uh, I couldn't find Tylen Wallace because I was looking up Nylon Wallace again. I don't know why I keep doing that. <laughs> this is like the third time I've tried to look this, up Nylon this MF. Wallace. This MF looked up Nylon Wallace. Ah, <laughs> uh, all right, boys. So you know, if uh, he was a basketball player, that'd be perfect. Yeah, nylon. Yeah. Wal- well, yeah, I called him re- nylon walrus at some point too. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, let's move on to this running back room. So we got J.K. Dobbins. Hey, before you, say- you do that, the nylon walrus. That's uh, that's what they call Nikola Jokic, because he's because he's <laughs> slow and he he switches the ball. <laughs> he's slow. He switches the ball, and he's he's a big boy. I love Jokic. Uh, <laughs> shout shout good. out. Shout out to basketball. Um, <laughs> yeah. Woo. Shout out right, to big slow guys who are good. Oh, I got. I'm slow. I can give you that much. Um, <laughs> all right. I, I, this ship is harder to steer this time. Uh, let's go running backs here. J.K. Dobbins, <laughs> Gus Edwards, RB14, RB40. Mike, you have not really talked much on this team yet. I haven't made you talk. So let's talk about these run. This running back room and and uh, I guess. Herms, we'll come to you after Mike talks about the because you you said something interesting about PPR and I want to talk to you about that and J.K. Dobbins. But Mike, first let's let's hear from you about this running back room. Uh, I'm I'm going back and forth with with J.K. Dobbins. Part of me says uh, they're still going to employ the Lamar Jackson, the Gus Edwards, the Justice Hill uh, combination with J.K. Dobbins is killing his volume altogether, and he doesn't catch passes. So he's going to have to score touchdowns. There's no way he's going to be averaging over 5.5 yards per carry again this year. And so if that's the case, then just blow up J.K. Dobbins and he'll never be on my team because people are going to be scratching the service trying to get him at RB15 and those kind of things. And I, I just won't pay that price. But then there's another part of me that comes out that says, oh, look at 2019. Look at what Mark Ingram was and in that situation. And I'm like, you know, I could kind of see that with J.K. Dobbins. And I start getting excited about J.K. Dobbins. And Mark Ingram didn't catch passes either, but he scored a heck of a lot of touchdowns. And J.K. Dobbins can score a heck of a lot of touchdowns. So it's – I don't know. I'm I, I just very confused about what to do with J.K. Dobbins. So he has top – definitely top RB10 upside. I mean, he also has RB30 up, um kind of value too so throw it in the middle and what do you get rb14 rb15 and that that's where i guess i'll go with them okay so what do you think um about uh snagging gus edwards later on is that something that you're interested in doing is that format dependent because i i like gus edwards i i like gus edwards and why not like rb rb40 where he's ranked or even later than that because if jk dobbins does go down and you have Gus Edwards, I don't think they're going to be turning to Justice Hill. So Gus Edwards, he's he's a good plotter. He's a good runner. He's going to get some good yards, but he's just that volume isn't isn't there for him. But if Dobbins goes down, then, of course, that door completely wides open for, for Edwards. And if you have him, especially later down in the season where playoffs start and, and it really starts to matter for your fantasy team, that's when you want Edwards. And... So if you draft Dobbins, take a flyer on Edwards later in the draft, and you won't have to worry about it. Edwards right. also got a new contract, uh, two years, $10 million this offseason. So they're committed to him for a good chunk of change. Yeah. So, all right, I'll talk real quick about the tight end here, Mark Andrews. Take him or don't? 
kind of how it feels. He's in that tier of tight ends where if you don't want to have to think about it, he's in there. But he's also he's kind of touchdown dependent, but that's what the position is. Herms, I know in your 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 uh, your recent episode of the lateral, um, you talked about. Well, you you teased a tight end episode that's not out yet. <laughs> yeah, so I'm uh, <laughs> I'm gonna come back to you to talk about Mark Andrews real quick and the tight end position in general. Well, I mean, I'll I'll trickle out a little bit of uh, the the research that we did because obviously I can't uh, I, I don't want to you know tip the hand too much because it would kind of wreck the whole purpose of the episode if I just unloaded all the notes. But I mean. <laughs> As far as looking at, like, the things that I have come to value out of the tight end position through doing my analysis, I mean, like, I I like Mark Andrews. I don't really see why you... Uh, but uh, even... I'm going back and forth in my own head about it as I'm talking. I mean, like, that that's kind of the tricky part, because he has the things that you you want, but I'm really one of those get the big three or just completely punt type of, you know, fantasy managers. So, mm-hmm. I mean, honestly, like in a home league, you know, just with more casual people, like, I mean, sure, go for it. But if you're playing in, I guess, like a more quote unquote competitive league with, you know, like other people who are, you know, yeah, yeah, all high and mighty because we do the number stuff, then like, you know, <laughs> it, then it might be a good idea to not do the thing with Mark Andrews. I don't know. That was a super not eloquent way of saying uh, shrug. <laughs> I'm saying what I yeah. said. Take him or don't. Yeah. <laughs> I would. Uh, the problem in the home leagues for guys like us is that half the people in your home league will just use your own analysis to draft. Right. Dude, in 2019, I was in an auction draft with uh, people from my home league, and I was like, oh, let me kick in a buck on Mike Kosicki, and somebody up me $4, and I was like, why do you like Mike Kosicki? He's like, because I read what you wrote about him. I was like, I was like oh, yes. I was like the only person that was in on Mike Kosicki, and I got outbid on him. Like, if I just no. kept my trap shut, I could have yeah, had him. Yeah, my, my dad and my friend Ashley will constantly snipe me in home draft because they're just like, yeah, you, t- you told me you liked this guy, and I was like, yeah. He seems pretty good. <laughs> so, so now I got, Mike, this, go ahead. Sorry to interrupt you. Uh, so this is what I think of Mark Andrews. Mm-hmm. I, I like Mark Andrews to be the top five tight end he is when mm-hmm. Rashad Bateman is not on the field. Uh, you, you, If Rashad Bateman takes over that wide receiver one role and there's only going to be room for a wide receiver one for the Ravens, then you're, you're taking away that short to intermediate threat that Rashad Bateman is. Uh, and you buy using Marcus Brown, and that's why Mark Andrews is such a good receiver. He doesn't, he's not on the field enough to consistently count on him. And then if you throw uh, Rashad Bateman, who's going to eat up that short to intermediate routes, then Mark Andrews' value and his volume becomes very much less than what it is. But with Rashad Bateman spreading the field and opening it up, that's where Mark Andrews comes in as that short to intermediate receiver. So it. I think it all depends on who they're using the most. Is it going to be Marquise Brown or Rashad Bateman? If it's Rashad Bateman, I'd avoid Mark Andrews. If it's um, Marquise Brown, then he should finish where he normally does. See, but my thing about that is is he's a touchdowns guy. And even then, he's he's a deep, kind of a deeper ADOT guy. I paused a little bit because I had to look it up on player profile. He was fifth in ADOT among tight ends last year. He's not like 
you know, he's not Logan Thomas, you know, go six yards and fall down. You know, he's go, he, he goes 10 yards and falls down. And uh, he had the highest uh, air yard share of all tight ends last year. So it's like, you know, there's that. And then he's also, like I said, a touchdown guy, 12% touchdown rate. Like that's, that's fantastic. So nine out of 12 guys weekly score a touchdown that are tight end ones. Like if you score a touchdown, you're a tight end one. That's kind of how it works. And so I'll take the guy who's getting lots of end zone targets, um, five red zone targets for, for him last year or number five in red zone targets last year among tight ends. So if you're, so I think the takeaway here is if you're taking Mark Andrews, you're probably taking a guy who might fall back worst case scenario as a touchdown or bus guy. And he has a good chance of getting a touchdown. Yeah. Yeah. If, yeah. if you, if you draft Mark Andrews, you're not going to have to stream a tight end. Yeah. It's just that you might end up spending a fifth round pick on a guy who isn't really getting you that many points. All right. So let's wrap this up real quick. I'm asking you guys a question. Uh-huh. Uh, Andrews or Hawkinson? Hawkinson. That's not even close. Hawkinson. Perms. Oh, I got to scroll down my rankings. Here we go. Oh, geez. Uh, Andrews. Andrews. All right. Next question. You guys know what it is. Rookie tight end. Andrews or Pitts? Andrews. Andrews. Ooh, Pitts. There you go. Andrews by one point. This guy hates Kyle Pitts so one, much. One point. I, it's uh, Andrews is projected 177, and I have Pitts projected 176. Yeah. Disrespectful. Absolutely <laughs> garbage. Don't you know? Don't you know Kyle Pitts's floor is being Calvin Johnson? If you ask fantasy Twitter. <laughs> He's already uh, the greatest yeah. player in NFL history. And it, he hasn't it, even it, played. Yeah. He, only, he's already, only, guys, he's already in the Hall of Fame. No, he's the already only, there. The, the only fun thing for me about uh, Kyle Pitts immediately becoming, like, fantasy Twitter darling is that now we don't have to hear about Cole Komet all the time anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Shout out Cole Komet. I was one well, of those people. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, it's, it's okay. And, and to Cole, sort of speak to your Mark Andrews only a touchdown guy, Mark Andrews finished ninth in receptions last year of tight ends. Yeah, so and was only go. like nine receptions away from like third. So okay. uh, he's more than just a touchdown guy. Oh no, I said worst case scenario, he's a touchdown guy. Oh, that's, worst case that's, scenario. Okay. That's playing off of what you were saying about Bateman taking those targets. So it's like worst right. case scenario, he still is the pass catcher in the in the end zone for the yeah, that's uh, for true. the sure. That's worst sure. case scenario. So yeah. I think I think our takeaway here is if you draft Mark Andrews. You might not be getting a top five guy, but you don't have to really dip into the blob. You can just roll yeah. with Mark Andrews all year. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. So, um, so, okay, let's move on. Let's move on from the uh, Baltimore Ravens, a team that's good to the Cincinnati Bengals, the team that probably isn't very good. They were four eleven and one last year, picked top five in back-to-back years. 2021 uh, projection is six and a half wins. They had a Jamar Chase, Puka Williams, Riley Reef, and Chris Evans, who Mike, got so flustered. He was like, we have to talk about Chris Evans. He was like, can we put him in instead of Puka Williams? So um, they also lost Giovanni Bernard, AJ Green, John Ross. Uh, we're going to go out of order here because there's, well, let's start with the wide receivers because that is yeah. like the place to talk about here is yes. this wide receiver for. So I guess we'll start with this, which is uh, who's going to finish with the most fantasy points? Just the name. Herms? Out of these three guys. T. Higgins. T. Higgins, Wrong. <laughs> Walker, Jamar Chase, Mike. I agree with Herms. It's T. Higgins. Wrong. I agree with Herms as well. <laughs> wrong. <laughs> wrong. You guys are all wrong. T. Higgins isn't very good. Sorry. All right. So it's not very good. 
Walker, you're the dissenter. Oh, wrong way. You're the dissenter. We'll start with you. <laughs> it isn't away from me because I'm just in the top right corner. <laughs> well, no, I'm looking at the OBS screen. I, oh, okay. I, yeah. I can put you guys wherever I want. So. Yeah, fair. Uh, I would. I, I. I don't think T. Higgins is that good. I know I'm. I know I have a slight bias from my draft analysis of him not being that great, and he was better than I expected. I will give him credit for that. He had a very solid rookie season. I am not saying he's a bad wide receiver whatsoever. He is better than Tyler Boyd. He will be the number two guy there. And I do have him projected as wide receiver 22. I don't think he'll be bad. I, I think he'll be a low-end wide receiver two or a very high-end flex guy. Or wide receiver three if you play three wide receiver. I'm just a huge believer in the Jamar Chase talent. The draft capital is higher. I think he's a more talented football player. He is a much better athlete, and he has a rapport with the quarterback. Plus, as we've seen, rookies are becoming impact players quicker in this generation of players than they have been. And I'm sure Jeff is laughing because he's probably done research on this. It's going to debunk my claim. No, but, I looked up. I looked up. I actually have Jamar Chase above T. Higgins, but I laughed at the point difference. Oh, is it point six nine? It's point one. Ah, that was extremely funny, but yeah, uh, I mean, and I don't have them that different. Like I have, oh yeah, I currently have Chase with four more points than Higgins. So like, I think they're both going to be good and I think they're both going to be pretty close because I think Higgins will probably start the season as the number one, like de facto, because he's been there, but Mm -hmm. Chase's talent will eventually win out. And I think. Like, I, I would say back half of the season, Jamar Chase has a very good chance to be a top 12 guy for, like, the last eight weeks. I mean, dude, he's an amazing football player, and I think he's going to show that. I think a lot of the question of Higgins or Chase comes down to how well uh, the Bengals' offensive line can protect Joe Burrow, because I know they use some draft capital. I know they went out and got Riley Reef. Um, but it really matters how much they can protect Joe Burrow, because Higgins is those more downfield routes, and, and Chase well. is going to Higgins will Higgins will have a lower a dot than Chase will. You think so? Oh yeah, yeah, because he's Higgins was actually used closer to the line of scrimmage than people realized last year. And I know some of that is due to the fact that Ryan Finley played a couple games and he, Ryan Finley can throw the ball at twenty yards. But, <laughs> uh, and that's yeah, it. That's if he does the the Happy Gilmore like wind up to like yeah, he's got to do the crow <laughs> hop to get it down. Yeah. Uh, for any any throw past the first down line for Ryan Finley is a crow hop, but. Uh, <laughs> Higgins is 12 and a dot last year. I'm seeing 40. 40 what? Four, number 40 and a dot. Oh, you're saying his, his a dot was 12. Yeah, his a dot was 12. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. He, he's, I think and it'll be Tyler around Boyd that. Tyler Boyd was 8.4. Right. Like I, and I, I think Higgins will go down a little bit even because, again, people seem to be forgetting that T. Higgins is a below average athlete. He's just not he he's not that athletic. He's not particularly fast. He's not particularly agile. He's not huge. He doesn't have any traits that are standout. He's just across the board solid. Whereas Jamar Chase has all of the makings of a superstar. His metrics say he's a superstar. His athletic testing says he's a superstar. And his counting stats say he's a superstar. I and I'm gonna trust my re- receiver evaluations because I had C.D. Lamb wide receiver one by a good margin last year, and he ended up looking really great. Yeah. All right, Herms, sell us on. We've we've heard the Jamar Chase case. Let's hear the 
the the tea spill the tea there we go got it i got there there. i got there big fan um well he he actually well i mean the (laughs) my pro t higgins case is honestly more or less just uh anti jamar chase year one being really good (laughs) take so like i mean my whole beef with the thing is the fact that at least in my opinion the like a lot of the chase enthusiasm is based in rhetoric of the fact it's like oh well you see what happened two years ago it's like yeah well he hasn't played football in a very long time, the jump to the NFL is difficult. And also, Joe Burrow is going to have to take his sweet time recovering from the fact that, like, you know, his knee got absolutely blown up. So, like, for the first month of the season, I, you know, like, the fact that they were really good in college is something that will pay dividends in the future, in my opinion. But I think, like, right away, just, like, and plus, like, things that I've found looking back at, like, rookie receiver success in recent seasons the the talent of the other receivers and also well I'll I'll say pass catchers in general just because you know tight ends and whatnot as well uh you know they they walk into situations where they're like immediately just like yeah this dude is like miles ahead of everybody else and it's just like long term sure it, 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 I don't I just don't think that Tyler Boyd and T Higgins are bad enough to the point where it's like Jamar Chase completely changes the game in my opinion so it's just like I. It's so hard. I don't know. And plus, it's like, you know, if, if we're to believe the fun coach speak things, you know, then even Joe Burrow himself is just like, yeah, man, like, I really, I'm vibing pretty hard right now with, with my man T. So, like, I, mm, I agree with the whole, like, Jamar Chase will end the year being really good thing. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But, like, I just think if we're... If if I'm being asked the question, like, at the end of the year, who do I think has, like, the most points? It's like, yeah, I'm going to go with the dude that already has familiarity with the offense and has already been there. But, 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 if Jamar Chase's ADP doesn't get super out of hand, I'll still draft him and just, like, wait patiently for him mm-hmm. to explode. Because, yeah. like, it's definitely there for him to explode. I just think that, like, I don't know, people are going to be really, really frustrated when it takes, you know, the first several weeks for things to really, you know, get under him and for him to get acclimated to the professional level. Like, once that jump happens, it's (laughs) to the moon. Like, at that point, we're good. But I just, I don't know. I'm hedging my bet that way. Sure. I have three questions for all three of you based on these three rivers. I don't think we need to talk about Tyler Boyd that much. I just think we need to reference him. He's a distant Jamar third Ch- for me. Yeah. Jamar so. Chase, wide receiver 24, end of season finish. Higher or lower? Jamar Chase. Say, say that question one more Higher time. Higher or lower than wide receiver 24? So Jamar, does, Jamar, does Jamar Chase finish as wide receiver 24 or better? Yes or no? No. Yes. I'm kind of comfortable taking the line on that one, to be honest. Yeah, I'm I'm thinking I have him. I have him as my wide receiver 23. 
Right. Point one, I'm like a, I said, point one points ahead of my wide receiver 24, T. Higgins. So I, I will say yes. Next question. Wide receiver 24 or better T. Higgins, yes or no? No. Dog says yes. <laughs> Mailman's here. Um, I say yes. I say I'll, I'll yes as well. And then Tyler Boyd, top 36 receiver, yes or no? No. Yes. No, I have 37. Uh, yes, yeah, I have him below. Despite the fact that I think he's a decent value, I still think it's 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 going to be below that. I'll say yes, I have him 35. But isn't that crazy how those three guys are falling like right on those lines? Yeah, that's wild. Yeah, 23, 24. So let's let's loop loop back around. Mike, you've been you've been uttering defenses of Tyler Boyd, and I will allow you to mount an entire defense <laughs> of Tyler Boyd before I say he's not going to score enough touchdowns for you to like him. Go. Tyler Tyler Boyd's a slot guy, and as we yes. talked about with Joe Burrow and the fact that you know he's going to be banged up coming in and worried about the injury, and he's going to be target targeting Tyler Boyd. So it's it's. To me, it, we're going to have the Carolina Panthers season mm-hmm. all over again. Mm-hmm. Uh, and all three finished uh, within the top 30. And this year, all three of these Bengals are going to finish in the top 30 once again. I just don't think mm-hmm. see them finishing in the top 25. So I'm nitpicking there. But uh, I, I do believe that all three is going to be in between 25 and 30. And Tyler Boyd, oh. uh, probably more towards 30 because of those touchdown vacancies. But he is going to be targeted quite a bit. He's going to catch a lot of passes, and that's going to put him in the 30. What See, if I, Mike, what if I told you that Tyler Boyd only played 40% of his, slot, his snaps in the slot last year? It would be I, a lie, but what if I told you that? New <laughs> 30 for 30. I would say that. Uh, what if I, what if I lied okay. to you? What if I lied to you to make a point? How about that? <laughs> no. I, I, what I, what I, I liked what Mike said referencing the Panthers because – uh, I think this is the mistake that a lot of people, and we can use this transition into Joe Mixon, but I think this is the the mistake a lot of people are making with projecting Mixon is that they're thinking that, and and I I guess I can understand it to a degree because vacated targets do tend to go to running backs, but the problem is they don't really have vacated targets. They're just kind of making room for Jamar Chase. They have transferred targets. Exactly. Those are going to leave the running back room. Those Gio Bernard targets are going to Jamar Chase. They're not going to Joe Mixon. They're not going to CJ Uzoma and Drew Sample. Like, they're not going to use these guys in the passing game. They've got three really good receivers. Those are the guys who are going to get the bulk of the targets. And that's why I like the Bengals receivers and Joe Burrow this year relative to consensus. And I don't like Joe Mixon relative to consensus because – I don't think he's going to get the receiving work necessary to be the RB12 type guy that he's being drafted at currently, because that was his current Fantasy Pros ADP as of yesterday. Mm-hmm. Um, he's I have him as 19 right now, and I think his ceiling is probably in the... I think his ceiling is where he's being drafted right now. Like, I think his ceiling is fringe RB1. I just don't see him getting enough receiving work in that type of offense. It's a Zach Taylor offense. He comes from the McVay tree. They don't use running backs in the pass game. The only reason why Gio Bernard was getting targets in the pass game is because it was a bunch of backup quarterbacks who were dumping off the whole time. 
I just, I don't, in an ideal situation, which it's going to be closer to an ideal situation for Cincinnati this year than it was last year, Zach Taylor's not going to want to use Joe Mixon in the past game that much. Just like McVay's not going to want to use Cam Akers in the past game that much. Yes, because thank you. Thank you. you. Have, <laughs> because you have those receivers, and that's what they build off of. They love 11 personnel. They love to run three receivers out there and throw it to them. And that's what they're going to do. You know, I... That's what, and that's why I like the quarterback. I like the receivers. I hate the tight ends, and I'm not a big fan of Joe Mixon because he's not talented enough to overcome capped volume and become an RB one just based on you know he's not Austin Eckler level talent. It's just not going to happen. I, and that's why I have him in the mid mid RB two tier. Yeah, and uh, we uh, Walker, we need to stop talking about football so much because guess where I have Joe Mixon, running uh, back nineteen. There we go. <laughs> So, uh, Herms, but, why don't you oh, have my, to interject here? Um, okay. Joe Mixon did catch 21 passes last year in just Ooh. six games. So, I, I don't necessarily uh, disagree with Walker, but I do think that there are going to be more passes than what you think going to go to Joe Mixon. I, I have him catching 45. I, I think that's that's reasonable. Yeah, that, that's probably where I'd have them, if not a little bit higher, but yeah. Yeah, that's that's that fine. Yeah, I mean, I could I could see 50. Like, three a game seems like a fair – like, if somebody wanted to say 50, I'd be like, yeah, that sounds all right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. But, um, but real quick, Herms, we'll get your take on Joe Mixon. The Bengals – somebody – I would like a guess as to how often the Bengals ran uh, 11 personnel. Just, last, just to show the dark. Last season? Yeah. Uh, 77%. This idiot, he's way off at 76. <laughs> oh, dude, wow. Way to, way to go. Let's go. You, you blew it. They, they pass out a three, uh, three wide 81% of the time. And I'm, I'm with Walker on this one. Uh, I just don't, you know, if you look at the targets that are going away, like 59 to geo 53 to Drew, to Drew sample, um, and it's yeah, like those Mike Thomas targets last year too. Well, Mike Thomas had 21 targets. Really? He seems like he had a lot more than that. It felt like he got a lot and, yeah. uh, Auden Tate, everybody's favorite guy, 22. Um, but it's like, there's, they're gonna, they're gonna give at least hundred targets to Jamar Chase. Those are the AJ Green targets. They're going to give at least 115 to T Higgins. They're going to give at least 120 to Ty, or at least they're going to split 250. I'd say between T Higgins and Tyler Boyd. And those soak up most of the Gio Bernard targets. There's just none left for Joe Mixon. I mean, and, 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 and Joe Burrow was throwing the ball 41 times per game last year. <laughs> yeah. That's probably going to be a little less. Yeah. The record is I think 45 times per game. I looked it up. So I, I think yeah. he'll throw the ball slightly less. So there's going to be a contraction in the passing game as well. So maybe that helps Mixon. Maybe it helps Chris Evans who Mike demanded. I put on the show sheet, yes, but Herms, let, yeah, Herms, let's talk about Joe, Mick, your, your take on Joe Mixon. Cause that's the polarizing guy on this team really is Joe Mixon. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know because it. I've been burned so many times in the past, <laughs> you know. But it, but it's one of those things. Like every single year, I'll go through the the stages of Joe Mixon grief. Uh, just you know, it's just like you know, just it's super depressing how wrong I was. Then I'm just like swearing that I'll never do it again. And then you know, we come back around. There's rumbling enthusiasm from other people and then i reach my final conclusion of i'm ready to be hurt again so <laughs> it's <laughs> like, you know but i i'm 
becoming more and more realistic as time goes along, especially with, you know, everything that was outlined about the connection between, you know, Zach Taylor coming from the McVeigh system and whatnot. Like, I, I'm interested in Joe Mixon being on my team, but I have kind of settled him into the range he probably should have been treated all along, and that the ceiling is, he can be an RB1, sure, yeah, and I'm cool with it, but I think he for a long time has been like closer to a Chris Carson than the type of, you know, like once upon a time believing he could be, you know, like an aforementioned person, like, like an Austin Eckler, you know, like I've come around to just understanding reality is a thing and we're living in it. So, (laughs) you know, I, I don't know. Some of us are. (laughs) Some of us have created our own. No. Yeah. It's, it's just, a lot of people wanted Joe Mixon to be like last year. They wanted Joe Mixon to be Aaron Jones and he's not, he's Chris Carson, Clyde Edwards, Alaire. That's just who he is. You know, he, he's fine. He, he's a solid enough player, but he's just not that star. Yeah. If you tell if you tell a Joe Mixon fan, you're like, yeah, he'll, he's probably like RB 15. They will bite your head off. It's like, that's a good, that's a good player to have on he's, your team. He's good at football. Like he's not like he's bad. He's just not yeah. as good as you think he is. Yeah, so Mike, any dissenting opinion here about Joe Mixon? No, I, I think you guys, I mean, we all know who he is. It's just trying to convince mm-hmm. that's the fantasy Twitter land. And no, <laughs> fantasy Twitter land do, doesn't agree with us. And, you know, so they can have Joe Mixon at, you know, an RB8 and grab him there. And I'll just be happy with it and say, okay, say like me. I'll just yeah. go get somebody else here. It can be much better. Than I'll take I got I I'll take Chris Carson at RB15 and prosper. Yeah, exactly. Dude, Chris yeah, Carson is thing. falling so far. Chris it's Carson is ridiculous. I have Chris I have Carson. So I have Chris Carson RB12 for this season. Me too. God, Chris, we got to stop talking. We yes! got to stop talking. <laughs> oh, I do Chris too. Oh, Carson. Yes. 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 Everybody flex for Chris Carson. <laughs> it's the Carson cast. All right. Oh, yeah. So, um, so yeah, uh, don't draft Joe Mixon, go get Chris Carson and, um, Joe Mixon can be top 15 and that's still good. That's still yeah. fun. Just that's don't still... draft him. Don't draft him the first round. Yes. Please don't do that. don't do that. You're fine. <laughs> yeah. Take him. I, I will. Okay. I do not like Joe Mixon. I will smash draft Joe Mixon every single time if he's there in the third round, not even thinking. Oh yeah. Three, one. I'm taking him. Three, one. Yeah. That's, and, and that's, that's the, the like subtlety that people miss. It's like, well, I don't think he's a, a top, you know, 20 pick people are like, Oh, so you hate Joe Mixon. I'm like, not really. That's I'm not what reali- I said. I'm just realistic about Joe Mixon. Yeah. yeah so so, so what right, do you well, do at three, one, if both Michael Thomas and Joe Mixon's on the board, Michael Thomas, Michael Thomas smash, not <laughs> even close. Yes. Last year, Thomas, called, last year I called Juju the easiest third round pick I've ever made. Michael Thomas is twice as easy as Juju in the third. Dang. All right. Okay. It's like it also the thing is Juju had a bad season last year, but if you took him in the third round, you probably didn't have that awful of a time. No. Because he was just kinda like fine. Well, like he, he was he was disappointing, downs. but he didn't kill you. He yeah. got it, what, what was disappointing was his yards. I mean he, he was like tenth tenth in receptions and like thirty fifth in yards. <laughs> yeah, like, what like, do you do I'm, with that? I would almost guarantee I'm the lowest of us on Michael Thomas and I have him wide receiver twelve. If he falls to the third round, you got to take him. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Um, Joe Burrow, QB 11. 
uh, by ADP right now. Um, who wants to who who wants to make a passionate case for Joe Burrow? Does anybody have one? Herms, Mike, Walker, anybody got a passionate case for Joe Burrow? No, I have him exactly where he's going. <laughs> it's is this really difficult? Number one, coming off an injury, and number two, he just doesn't run the ball very much. Uh, he can if it's if it's there, but he, you're you're not counting on him to be like Kyler Murray out there. Mm-hmm. You're I don't even know if you can count him to count on him to be a Ryan Tannehill for that matter. But I was going to ask if he thought he was a Tanny runner. He's yeah, more I, of a he's more of a Justin Herbert runner. Maybe not even that. Um, but like I have yeah. I have him running for 250 yards. Yeah, he's got 14 per game last year. But he started yeah. off with he started off with uh, it looks like 60 in his first two weeks, and they were like, "Don't do that anymore." Yeah. It's, <laughs> it, it's, it's like we can't even protect you when you're standing there. Please don't run out to the break. <laughs> um, so it, it's it's definitely I, yeah. Without without that running game, then you're looking QB 12. Top, yeah, best. QB fifteen. I like him anywhere between those two areas. All right, Herms, where where what are you looking at with Joe Burrow this year? Is he is he a back end quarterback one with a chance of getting higher, or is he back end quarterback one as like his upside? What do you think about uh about Burrow this year? I have him at fifteen just with the understanding that like, you know, I'm not a medical expert, but having heard medical experts say things, you know, just like, you know, because we always see reports from players who are coming off like significant ligament damage or whatever early in the summer being like, oh, you know, he's feeling like he's at 100 percent. It's like, okay, cool. But at the same time, like I've heard a lot of people talk about the whole having confidence in your leg thing. You know, and for a guy who's, it's pretty important for him to, like, I don't know, plant his leg in order to make throws, <laughs> you know, like, it it might be weird for five weeks, and then he'll be like, okay, I can do this, and it'll be great. But, you know, it's, I, Burrow's one of those, like, big fan for real life, not as much for fantasy but that's also not like a bad thing you know i think that by the time he finds confidence in you know planting and whatnot and doing the thing you can rely on him as a back-end qb1 and it'll be great but you know until that point i'm just like i'm tentative because you know i i trust doctors and stuff here's my so so basically we've we finished the bengals here's my my uh cumulative take Trade for Bengals players in week six. Yes, <laughs> there you go. Because <laughs> their offense is going to get better as the season goes on. Yeah, that's it's what we've been be saying about everybody. Yeah. Let me check the schedule really quick. Let me see how they start out. Uh, oh, that's the preseason. I was like, oh boy, they start against the Bucks and Washington football, but that's preseason. Oh, that's Vi- brutal. Yeah, Vikings, Bears, Steelers, Jags, Packers to start the season. Well, week four and five is not hard, but those first three weeks are not easy. Well, yeah. the Vikings secondary is pretty bad, but their pass rush is good. Yeah, then they get an absolute cupcake the next week. The it's Detroit Lions. Lions. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I knew that was coming. Yeah. yeah. Jeff Okuda is going to pick Joe Burrow three times. If Jeff Okuda can play. Jeff Okuda is very good at football, I swear. I promise. Was he ever on a football field? Every time when I would look at the injury reports, he'd be like, oh, inactive Jeff Okuda. No, he played like nine games. He played like 11 or 12 games last year. Nine games. Nine? Uh, No. This many. 
All right. He, was, he got better as the season went on. Now Aaron Glenn is Aaron Glenn's going to fix him. A Lions cast. Do you see Dan Campbell said he wasn't going to wipe uh, Jared Goff's ass? Yeah, yeah. You, that Jared Goff's <laughs> going to have to wipe his own ass. Yeah. I love that. That was Dan awesome. Campbell. I, I'm I'm Campbell pilled. He's he's good now. Campbell rules. Campbell's like Jim Tom Sula if he was actually a good football, uh, like head yeah, football. Yeah, yeah. Dan, Dan Campbell says all of the funny stuff that you want like a joke coach to say, but he's self-aware enough to know that he doesn't know that much about some stuff, and so he just hired smart people to do that for him. And I was like, that's perfect. Yeah. So, all right, boys. Anything else we want to add about the Bengals? They play in Cincinnati. Yeah, play uh, in Cincinnati. They love Skyline Chili. They're the Not team great... I like the least, actually. Contrary to popular belief, I have a respect for the Ravens because the one thing we can all agree on is that we hate the Bengals. <laughs> that's, I will, that's, I will that's, say Cincinnati is definitely not my favorite place. I it, It's kind of a sad place. Oh, that's people rough. say People say Cleveland is like the, the sad city in Ohio, but I disagree. I think Cleveland's fine. I have family Cleveland's in Cleveland. Cool. It's fine. Yeah, it's yeah, a fine Cleveland's place. Yeah, perfectly to be. fine. Yeah. Um, Ask Sam Weiss what he feels about Cincinnati and Cleveland. How does he feel about Cincinnati and Cleveland? I don't. I don't know this. Oh, you don't. Oh, so uh, this. Gosh, uh, late eighties, eighty-eight, eighty-nine. <laughs> um, there was. Just Mike a- loves to talk about things when I was a baby. <laughs> <laughs> I was not. I wasn't even thought of, dude. <laughs> So they were they were they were uh, playing in Cincinnati against Cleveland and Cincinnati was a, it was a big snowstorm and and they were they were losing to Cleveland and the fans just started piling on throwing stuff on the field just being totally disruptive and and just really out of hand Sam Weiss gets on the microphone and says we live in Cincinnati we do not live in Cleveland Get your <laughs> it's it's great oh, it's he said two. the word oh. oh. I, I said shut, shut. Put oh, your shut together. Okay. All right. You hear that, Apple? He said shut. It, it, it's a great video. That, yeah. It's one of at, the great. At, at Apple, Apple don't put in the podcast feed that I said the word. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So speaking of speaking of the mistake by the lake, let's move on to the Cleveland Browns. I can say that I'm a a man of cleveland my dad is from there so i can call it the mistake by the lake 11 and 5 in 2020 2021 10 win over under actually real quick the thing that i say people you know they ask you know about your dad i said the best thing that he ever did was when he moved to california he renounced all of his cleveland fandom he's like i'm a he moved to the he moved to the bay area he's like i'm a niners fan now i oh actually he moved to the bay area then sack he's like king's fan Giants fan, Niners fan, except well, for the Kings. Should have stuck with the Cavs because he would have yeah. got LeBron. But yeah, I was gonna say except for <laughs> except for the Kings. Good call for me. Uh, key additions: uh, Anthony Schwartz, Demetric Felton. Uh, Anthony Schwartz is a wide receiver. Demetric Felton is a wide key, receiver. Key additions. Yeah, key additions. Scare <laughs> quotes. Yeah. Um, somebody put in the doc spend free agency. Oh, I did. They spent their free agency dollars on defense. Um, yep. I, I can't think of somebody they lost that mattered. They didn't lose anybody that mattered. Okay, that's what I thought. Okay, so uh, where do we want to start here? I mean, this is kind of a – I kind of see this as sort of a bland place to go. It's like Chubb, Hunt, maybe Baker, maybe Odell, maybe Landry. I'm not interested in Baker. I will say that. I just the, – the, the volume's not there for me. He, he's, he's not a runner, and he doesn't throw much. So there's really no upside for me. I mean – I haven't projected at QB 22 right now. Like he's, 
he's going to be down in that, uh, like the bottom of that tier with guys like Derek Carr, Daniel Jones, Trevor Lawrence, you know, like these are guys I don't want that it's for reason, one reason or another, you know, I Mayfield's just boring. Like he's fine to stream in a good matchup because he'll throw some touchdowns, but you do not want to rely on this guy because he just doesn't throw enough. He's a solid football player, but they use him as the best game manager in the league because that's what works for them. And that's not a really good recipe for fantasy success at the quarterback position. I mean, it worked for once Alex Smith unscrewed himself that that worked for Alex Smith. Yeah, Yeah. but he ran. You know, I was going to say hand off a little bit. Alex Smith, I mean, he ran, but he just had a lot of high profile runs. He didn't run as much as people. But he he also played in Kansas City. Well, I'm I'm thinking more. I'm thinking more. My picture of him is is Harbaugh. Harbaugh, Alex Smith. Well, he wasn't like a stud. No, he He was. was, They made him the best. They rode. Well, they rode Kaepernick to the Super Bowl, but they rode Alex Smith to the NFC Championship game. Just telling him, don't screw up. Yeah. Yep. So, all right. um, Herms. Running backs. Let's talk about the running backs. Uh, How do you feel about Nick Chubb? Everybody kind of loves Nick Chubb, but then they're like, well, but there's always a well, but with Nick Chubb. Yeah. I mean, I. We we know what he is, and yeah. you know, like it's something that I had referenced at the beginning of the program. Uh, this weird thing where people have this disdain for running backs who do not catch the ball, and it's like, but if they run enough times, do I care? <laughs> yeah, exactly. and and that's that's kind of the thing with Nick Chubb, where it's just like, okay, fine, but it's him. And Derrick Henry being, like, the two, you know, big poster boys here for this, like, it's it's fine. They'll run enough for it to make up for the fact that they're not doing the catching thing. Like, I, yeah, Nick Chubb is a top 10 running back, no matter what. And I will gladly take him in the second round of drafts. Perfect. Sounds good. Oh. How do you feel about this Kareem Hunt fella? He's, uh... Pretty good. Uh, I, 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 I view him as more of a flex play because I think that's the responsible thing to do because there are some people that I guess still have this weird understanding of him. Like, we can't think of him as Kareem Hunt with Andy Reid. Because he's no longer with Andy Reid. <laughs> so yeah. it's just like, like it's, it's not how things work, unfortunately. So, I mean, and we saw at times last year where, like, both would just absolutely ball out and go hard in the paint. Shout out Waka Flocka. But, like, it's just a lot of those were really, really good matchups. So on a week-to-week basis, like, sure, if anything happened to... Nick Chubb, then like Kareem Hunt is an excellent. Well, uh, I'm trying not to use the word handcuff. There are better words, but I don't know. Uh, alternative. Uh, yes, alternative or uh, yes. running back pal. Yes, <laughs> running back pal. I like he's that. he's a he's good pal, pal to have. You know, because like, yeah, you know, it's something if, you could attach to his wrist to attach to Nick Chubb's wrist and take him with him. <laughs> oh, <laughs> like the, those, those lobster those. claw mittens. Some sort of that, yeah those yeah those child mittens that are yeah so it's, yeah. yeah excellent running back mitten I'm a big fan uh so yeah I mean you know Kareem Hunt is the most valuable mitten 
or among the most valuable mitten. I haven't determined who I think is the most valuable mitten yet. Well, that's perfect. Most valuable pal. MVP. Most MVP. MVP. I, oh, yeah. Oh. I actually, hold on. Time out. I'm loving this mitten thing because it's like a handcuff. is. It, it's like you got to have them together. You got to. But a mitten, it's like you could have one mitten and it's still useful. You don't have to have them together, you know. So I'm yeah. liking this, this fantasy mitten thing. Shout out mittens. What is up? Hell yeah. <laughs> Shout out mittens. I keep, even keep, live in one. I even live in one. This this man loves living in his state's shaped like a mitten. Come on, man. Get a normal shaped state that's shaped like a blob. <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> Never gonna happen. This guy. He uh I'll, I'll get a uh, yeah, you, I'll live in this I'll live my in dog Herms from over by Maryland, which is the dumbest shaped state possible. It's just Hey! Like, hey now! Maryland like, is the greatest state in the world. Have you seen our flag? It's so cool. The oh. flag is very cool, but the state like, shaped like they, you know, like when state, you trim a steak and it's the like all state, the little no, 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 no. The, the, what I think the state to me, it's shaped like the teeth in the Nashville Predators logo. All right. I, yeah, I can, I can I, see that. I, sure. I, I can see that. I'll give you that. All right. What are we talking about? Invert the logo. It's definitely the Browns. Yeah. The or, Browns. I don't know what we're talking yes. about, dude. The running oh, backs are uh, yeah. good because Kevin Stefanski's in charge. So yeah, there we go. Much. I yeah. like yeah, that's that's pretty much what it is. I said it last year. I'll just repeat it again here. If you take like if there's a chance Nick because they were running back nine, running back ten last year. Um, I think that was total points. Yeah, that's total points because yeah, Chubb. But, is, but there was the four weeks where Chubb didn't play. Yeah, that's what I just that's what I just said. I said Chubb. Did you know who was Johnson, really bad in those four weeks? That that's that? Didn't play? You know who was really bad in those four weeks? Dearness Johnson. Play? Kareem yeah, Hunt. Not. Cream Hunt. Cream Hunt was not good. Was he bad, or are we doing the thing where he didn't blow up like he thought he would, so we think that he was bad? No, he was worse than Nick Chubb is in that role. He Okay, well, I got the numbers in front of me. 72 yards rushing on 20 carries, no touchdowns. 40 yards rushing on 13 carries, no touchdowns. That's bad. 76 uh, yards rushing on 18 carries, no touchdowns. That's okay. Uh, 66... Wait, wait, hold on. What weeks were these? All the weeks that uh, Chubb yes, was... But, uh, but what were the numbers? <laughs> like six, seven, something? Week, uh, weeks five through, I think, nine. Five, six. Yeah. So we got... Uh, okay. So five through nine. He had 16.8, 6.7, 17.7, 8.3 fantasy points, half PPR, which is... Not great. Not great. Two, not two solid weeks, two bad weeks. Yeah, so uh, he is the poster boy for... If you play 16 games, you will end up higher than people should expect at uh, at running back, is what Cre- uh, Nick Chubb, sorry, Cream Hunt ended up at. But um, solid flex, I would say. Um, oh yeah. I, yeah. I made the statement of if you take Chubb where he's going, uh, you'll do fine. But if you take Hunt where he's going, you'll win. Um, the season-ending finish, if you don't look very closely, plays that out. But Hunt played 16 games and Chubb played nine, uh, 12. So. Uh, uh, where do you have Hunt right now? 23. Okay, I have him at 25. This guy, this guy. Oh no, I have 20, 22. Sorry. Okay, and I and I agree with uh, Herms. I have Chubb at 10. I have Chubb's low. I have Chubb lower than that, but like I don't. 12. Want yeah, the uh, uh, 14. That's too low. Oh, no. I'm sorry. Oh no! Oh no! Come on, man! Come Jeff, on! Jeff, Jeff is the what guy. What are you doing? That, what are you talking about? Seinfeld's here. He's the guy. Jeff is the guy you're talking about. He hates all non-pass catching running backs except Derrick Henry. That's not true. Yes, it is. Chris uh, Chris Carson. Oh, no. 
Chris Carson catches passes. You do so, like Gus Edwards. So. I do like Gus Edwards. But I don't I don't know. This is, How do you this, get there? Because uh, I have I, DeAndre Swift ahead of him. <laughs> Walker, you can't get mad about that. No, I also have DeAndre Swift ahead of him. I have Chris Carson ahead of him. Najee. Jonathan, oh, you know what it is? I bet it's Eckler. Eckler bumped everybody down because I have him at seven. Oh, I have Eckler at eight. So where's the... Okay, so I got CMC, Galvin, yep. Saquon. I have, I have CMC, Kamara, Barkley, Cook, Henry. Yeah, Kamara. Okay, so hold and on. Then, Do you have Jonathan Taylor in your top ten? No, I have him 11. Okay, so I have Jonathan Taylor top ten. Do you have Najee? Yeah, number seven. Okay, I don't know where this came in then. Because we have all uh, the... You have too guys in your top ten. Where's Zeke for you? Uh, Seven. Yeah, I have, Zeke at, I have Zeke at 13. Ooh. Ah. Ow. This guy hates Ewoks. 13. That's right. Wow. Yeah, that's okay. right. Okay. I don't know about that one either. I do have him in the... Uh, let's see. What tier do I have him in? The... Well, technically fourth tier. Because I have McCaffrey in his own tier. But... Um, yeah, he's in the same tier as Swift, Chubb, Taylor, Carson. Swift, so 9 uh, through 13 are the same tier. So if you had him 9, I'd be fine with that. But I think 7 or 6 is too high. Because I just don't see him getting the snap share. You know, the last 5-6 weeks of the season, it was Pollard almost as much as it was Zeke. And I'm not saying, I'm not one of these people that's like, Tony Pollard's going to be a top 20 guy because he's just going to take the job. Like, that's not going to happen. But Save it for the NFC. Uh, NFC. South why did I forget three. division? East, East. East. Oh, yeah. They should be in the South, but they're not. They should be in the South. Okay, wide receivers. Are we drafting yep, yep. either Jarvis Landry or Odell Beckham? Uh, I'll draft Landry at his price, probably. Hearns? I have completely given up on forming opinions about Odell Beckham Jr. I, I won't do it. I'm, I'm sick of it. It's, it's so frustrating because it's just like no matter, like, because objectivity goes out the window as soon as you, you say his name. So it's just like I can't correct. do it. I give yeah, up. Right. I, it's over. I've renounced thinking about uh, Odell Beckham. I just I won't do it. That's what I've done with Miles Sanders. I think I posted a tweet that was like slyly putting Miles Sanders between two guys I like so I don't have to think about him. <laughs> hey, shout that's out. A good, yeah, that's how you do it. Yeah, you're just like, you know what? I'm just going to slide. You're just going to go right here because I can go, well, you know what? If one of these, I, I like uh, player X better and I like player Y better and he's in the middle. I mean, I just, I I, I don't know what happened here. Um, So uh, Jarvis Landry. Yeah, I, I, he's, I have him 34. I redid my projections, have him wide receiver 34. He's going later than that by a little bit. Um, He'll be better than he was last year because he was coming off of, uh, you know, uh, Kev, Kev Massurgeon helped me out with this one, too. He was coming off of his surgery last year. Mm-hmm. Um, he'll be better than he was last year, but he's not the guy he used to be. He's getting older, and as I've said before, he's losing a bit of sharpness in, in his play. So he's he's a flex. He, he's not a guy I would want as... I don't want to feel like I have to start him every week. Okay. Uh, yes or no? Best case scenario, do you have either Brown on your team? In, in an ideal world, no. Herms, do you have either of these Browns wide receivers on your team? Best case scenario. I'm not doing it. No. Yeah. <laughs> I won't. I can't. I can't. Yeah, exactly. Mike? 
I, I would, it, it depends. Like, OBJ is not going to be on my team just because I think he's like wide receiver 35. Yep. And obviously he's not going to go there. Uh, yeah. And I, so I do have a little bit of hope with Jarvis Landry because I could see him being, you know, at the wide receiver 45 spot. And I'd be like, okay, I can go with wide receiver 45 here and pull the trigger. So I, I would say definitely no to OBJ, but there's a good possibility Jarvis Landry could be on my team. Yeah, if if I'm in the Jarvis, I'm shopping in the Jarvis Landry bin. I'm going with Mike Williams or uh, Wife Material, Marvin Jones. I'm either going if I want a steady guy, I'll go Marvin Jones. If I want upside, I'll go Mike Williams. I don't see a reason to have Jarvis Landry. I'm so not. That, I, I'm. I, I don't know. I'm just not that high on Mike Williams. Yeah, me that's neither. Well, it's that's that's a. Yeah, I I keep hearing people have Mike Williams in their top 36 receivers, and I just do not understand that. I I'd rather wait the wait. You know, ten rounds to get Jalen Guyton. I agree. Pretty much put up the same numbers. I think there's there there's certainly a case to be made that Jalen Guyton's just as good of a football player as Mike Williams. Yep. I love Jalen Guyton. I like Jalen Guyton, but you guys are nuts. Mike Williams, wide receiver, fifty-five. Uh, yeah, I was excited. Pretend I. Pretend I'm the fancy footballer tonight. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I, no, I don't, don't, don't want to get into a... No, re- replace... Uh, my wife just po- poked her head in. I don't know wife. if you guys saw that. Uh, no, I... Replace Mike Williams with Darnell Mooney in your statement, and then I agree. Ooh, to the Mooney. Mooney. To the Mooney! To the Mooney! To the Mooney! No, this is, this is a very pro-Darnell Mooney podcast. You're, this Dude's is good. Crazy, oh, thank God. Dude's yes. good at football. Oh, good. Yes. Wide There's receiver... Wide receiver 37 in my projections. Yeah, He's going a, in like the late 40s. It's insane. Yeah, this is a pro Darnell Mooney podcast. This is a safe space for you. I ended up with, I did a mock yesterday. I ended up with both Allen Robinson and Darnell Mooney on my team, and I didn't even hate it. This guy loves <laughs> the Chicago Bears. I hate the Chicago Bears more this than guy anything. Loves, call him Walid Ismail because this guy loves the Chicago Bears. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, can, can you guys make a case for Anthony Schwartz or Richard Higgins? No. No. Well, Richard Higgins is fine at football, but not he's not going to get enough work to be fantasy relevant. I would throw Donovan Peoples-Jones in front of either Schwartz or oh, Higgins. Oh, yeah, DPJ wasn't on this. I, I, like, I like Higgins better than Peoples-Jones for fantasy because I think Higgins has a more stable role, but I think Peoples-Jones is the better football player. I'm If I'm in Dynasty, I'm stashing Peoples-Jones for next season just in case he pops off as their wide receiver too, but... In redraft, I'm not interested. Yeah, no. Yeah, uh-huh. I'm not in redraft, all all three of those guys, I'm not interested. DPJ, Anthony Schwartz, or Higgins, none of those guys. They do offer some value. We'll see what happens down, but Dynasty Schwartz because they're someone's got to be the deep threat, um, and Schwartz is the deep threat because I don't see OBJ being there. So with Dynasty wise, Anthony Schwartz does have some value. All right, um, Herms. Either any of these guys, somebody you, you can make a case for that you feel strongly about. I mean, I got to say it uh, for redraft. If you're in a 32 team league, a hundred percent, definitely go for it. Cause you know, you kind of have to, uh, otherwise <laughs> I, I'm a, I'm a big fan of Donovan, uh, the people's Jones, but yeah. I just, I mean, it has to be a deep enough, league you know what i mean like in if we're just going like standard ish 
size league, whatever that means to you, it's generally about the same type of thing. You know, it's like 10 teams, 12 teams, you start two wide receivers, you start three wide receivers, however many flex spots, whatever. You have to go a pretty long way in terms of expanding the size of the league and the size of the roster before I start to consider some of these guys seriously. So, I mean, it's nothing against them. It's just that it's the reality we live in with the offense being what it is. Like, Dynasty, sure, sure, I will take a flyer on some of those. Yeah, that's why we have taxi squads. But for redraft, it's like, nah, dude. Yeah, Yeah. so so like Herms, my my home league is 14 teams, 14 rounds, start three receivers. I'm just not interested in any of these guys for that. Yeah, and you you don't need to be either. Right. Yeah, if, it's if, this. If OBJ gets hurt, I can, and then everybody's going to go nutso for Richard Higgins on waivers, and I'll just pick up Donovan Peoples Jones for zero fab. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And and this is right here is the difference between dynasty dynasty valuation and redraft valuation. Dynasty, you're like, I'm going to bet on the talent, and maybe the offense will change around him. And in redraft, we're mm-hmm. like, this is what we're living with. Yeah. We can like the player, but you know, it'll be wow. impossible for Baker Mayfield to throw the ball 27 times per game. <laughs> uh, 26 and a five don't yeah that's, that's right all right uh, I, since since the tight ends are basically irrelevant here because we have no idea on really what the t- targets are going to look like yeah. all i want to know is which browns tight end ends up with the most fantasy points at the end of the season bryant i agree hunter bryant harrison I- I couldn't remember which H. Bryant it was, so I just yeah, said Yeah, hundreds on the Lions, actually. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I got those guys confused last year, and I'll continue to get those guys confused. That's fair, yeah. All right, Herms, Herms who, who, going who, with? who leads the way? Who's the star tight end for the for the Browns this year? Oh, it, it, we're too early on in the process for me to have any sort of concept <laughs> as to who that's going to be, to be perfectly honest. Because I, I'm one of those people where I will always just – you know, if I don't have a definitive answer for something, I will not give a definitive answer for something. Yeah, oh, yeah, exactly. To. It's just, you know, like, I, I felt that was important to sprinkle in because, uh, you know, like, if you're listening out there and, you know, you're thinking about, you know, doing some analysis, doing all this type of stuff, you don't have to have an answer for everything. <laughs> like, just oh, okay. always remember that. <laughs> Here, yeah. The, I'll adjust my question then. Which of Bryant, Hooper, and Njoku are you most confident will not lead the team in? fantasy points Njoku as if I could get the word out because for whatever reason they hate Njoku yeah I think he might be the most talented of those three guys but um I'm I'm gonna go with Bryant as well uh second year tight end he showed flashes a little bit last year he's okay um but I wouldn't draft any of them I'm not interested in drafting any of those guys I'm just not sure if Njoku makes the team because yeah can't, can't they save a decent coin or two but moving on, uh, let me check. Let me check his uh, spot track. Yeah, I'm not sure. Uh, I really, I so really I, has to wait longer to talk about the Steelers. Yeah, I really it's hope my good. wife showing up, my <laughs> wife shows up on the podcast because she is talking to a pet, very uh, sing songy right now. And I hope she shows up on the record. Uh, let's see, cap it. No, they save exactly zero dollars if they cut David Njoku. Well, I don't know where I got that in my head, <laughs> but, yeah. but but either way, it's just, you know, they, <laughs> oh, you know what it is? It's his fifth year option and it's guaranteed for, uh, injury only. So I don't know why this is showing up. No, you're right. They should be able to cut him without a problem. Well, there you go. Okay. Yeah. All right. There it is, folks. There it is. Yeah. 
But yeah, I mean, the, they have a weird vendetta against him, and it's just like, just let him, let him go, please. Let the man breathe. <laughs> let the man live. All right, that's enough about the Browns. Let's talk about the reason Herms is here. Uh, oh, yeah. Actually, you know what, guys, we're running late. We're out of time. Uh, we'll oh. skip talking about this. <laughs> yeah, the Steelers so, have killed my team long enough. I'm done with the Steelers. Goodbye. The Pittsburgh Steelers last year. 12 and 4 with the most disappointing 12 and 4 I have ever seen. 20 2021 9 win over under which I really feel like you should take the over on that. Um key additions Najee Harris replaced James Conner, Pat Fairmuth replaced Vance McDonald and they rep- I I put a question mark here. Did they replace the entire offensive line or is it like four fifths or what what's going on with the Steelers offensive line here? There is one remaining. <laughs> <laughs> That was a starter from last year. But but here's here's the thing, though, and this is something I feel adamant about, you know, voicing on any time I'm asked about the Pittsburgh Steelers. Look, the offensive line was old and bad. Mm Mm-hmm. People acting like, oh, Villanueva being gone. Oh, DeCastro, why are they moving on? Oh, so what's happening? And it's like, but they ceased being able to run block. <laughs> they just completely lost the ability to do that. And I, at a yeah. certain point, like, you cannot, it's like, look, the continuity for years was incredible. I had a great time watching it, but, you know, like time marches on mm-hmm. and people get older. They stopped being effective. So they replaced the people with other people. Here, it's fine. <laughs> yeah. Here's the thing. Kevin Dotson was the best offensive lineman on the Steelers last year. And he's going to continue to be that. Like he's good. Um, Marquise Pouncey was bad last year. And I can't imagine Kendrick green comes in and is worse than him. He might not be good, but he's not going to be so bad that you want, old pouncy back um zach banner coming back will help he's pretty yes. decent I like um bj finney is a perfectly fine guard especially when you have dotson on the other side the only thing i'm concerned about is okora for at left tackle scares me that's chooks is not very good but he's a better run blocker than he is a pass blocker so i'm not worried for naji i'm a little worried for the pass catchers Okay, perfect. That's what I wanted the discussion I want to hear with the offensive line. And Herms, you nailed it. People don't know how to evaluate offensive line. So they're like, well, the old guys were bad. And then they replaced them. So the new guys must be worse because they were on. Yeah. (laughs) Strange, strange transitive property of awfulness. But I don't don't get how that works. They left distinct when they they went away. It's the only position (laughs) where you can be like, these guys are terrible. And just sweep them all out. And everybody's like. Well, yeah, these guys are obviously worse than who was there before. It's like huh? that only <laughs> that only happens with the offensive line, and I don't know why. So, and the thing too is, uh, even if even if these guys that they replace are better offensive linemen overall, the biggest problem I see with the offensive line is the cohesive unit. And without having some really you know long time together, uh, that offensive line they they cohesiveness is so important. Uh, to an offensive line that that that'd be the one thing that I'm really worried about uh, is that that function. And, you know, maybe they can work it out and, you know, during the OTAs and preseason. But I, I, I do have a concern there. 
Yeah, I'm curious if that's one of those um, uh, conventional wisdom things. I, I, I would like to know how that actually plays out because I, I think it's not a conventional wisdom thing. I, I actually agree with Mike on this one. I, I oh, I, I just think, I, I'm not disagreeing. I just want to sure, see. Sure. I want to. I want to see it. I want to see the numbers. Give me the studies. Tell, tell Frisco see. Josh to do a study on it. Uh, no, probably, I. He'll probably I, block me for some reason. Yeah, I. I think. Uh, I think it's fair. It's definitely fair to be concerned about Pittsburgh's offensive line. I don't think it's fair to be fear mongering about it, but actually I do. I want more people to do it because then you keep Najee's draft price low and then I can get him everywhere and win leagues. There you go. There it is. There it is. All right. So somebody, sorry, um, I I was looking to see um, something on Twitter. I forget. And somebody said that I had hot takes, but they're all correct about the Steelers, which is an interesting statement to make. Um, (laughs) I was like, but if they're hot takes, they should be wrong. I've said, you know, I don't know. All right. Uh, I lost where I am. I'm, I'm filibustering so I can get back to my document. There we go. Um, so, uh, Walker, you mentioned it. Najee Harris replaces James Conner. Terms. Yeah. It's your boy. I'll give you the floor. Let's talk. Yeah. Najee. Gotta let him. Well, since you have asked about my RB5 overall, Woo! I figured it would be Who is in his way? Who? Tell me who. Who (laughs) is... Because, I mean, like... Benny Snail. It's like, yeah, (laughs) Benny Snail is like, look out for Kalen Balash. Like, no! And also the... (laughs) Oh, my... Oh, and and this is another... Oh, God. Because we... Over over uh, on the lateral at the lateral FF on Twitter, um, we we refer to these types of players as fetch players. You know, it's just like yeah. you can try and make it happen all you want, but it's just <laughs> like it's never going to happen. I think Anthony McFarland is a talented football player, but it just there's there's a group of people that have this very strange notion that it's just like if they just trusted him, he'd go to the moon. Like, no, no, that's not. At no point would that happen, Anthony, especially not in Pittsburgh. <laughs> no. McFarland and Ty Johnson are the same football player. I was when I coming out, I was watching Anthony McFarland and I was like, okay, close my eyes, like squint my eyes. Best case scenario, I can see. I don't know if it was the dreads. I was like, best case scenario, there's some Devonta Freeman in there. And then I watched him with the Steelers last year and I was like, absolutely not. Nope, not gonna happen. It's he's he's too slow. It's not gonna work. His, his, he he can't do it. It just it cannot happen, and I know another thing that was brought up was like, oh well, well, uh, well, Matt Canada's the offensive coordinator now, and they, they, you know, they were working together when you know he was coaching uh, College Park, or uh, well, most people call it University of Maryland, right? Uh, yeah. When they're at <laughs> University of Maryland, and uh, but yeah, uh, yeah, because little known fact, you know, because there's College Park, and then there's you know UMBC, University of Maryland, Baltimore County, you know, Eastern Shore, also and shout yeah. out uh, the US. Maryland collegiate education system. Anyways. Uh, <laughs> Uh, That's hey, hey show, let, but... <laughs> let's talk about uh, Mike. Let's Tau- talk about uh, UC Merced, huh? Towson. UC... Shout out Towson. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, Tony McFarland not gonna happen. Nobody's coming nope. for these snaps. Nobody's coming for these touches. So, I have to I had to update the stat because he used to be number one since he's entered the league. Mike Tallman has given one running back twenty plus touches, the fit in the fifth most games since he's joined the league. He wants one guy. And here's here, here's my here's my. <laughs> I looked over at Herms, and yeah. he was like in the camera. <laughs> yeah. Yes. No, I I believe I I think Najee Harris will have his backfield touch percentage 
will be the second highest of any running back in the league behind Derrick Henry. Yes. I mean, yes, in terms yeah. of they're because they'll they'll share snaps, but it's like everybody shares everybody shares snaps. Yeah. Uh, shout out shout out to the great research that Herms talked about on his on the lateral FF because it was mine. Oh yeah, it's wonderful, yes. <laughs> <laughs> um Everybody shares snaps, but that doesn't mean that you're sharing touches or pro- productive touches. Right. It's like when when they want to do something, it will not be Kalen Balash. It no. will not Thank be Teddy Snell. It's gonna be Najee. That's why they drafted him. They're gonna, gonna use him like that. He's he doesn't. This is the thing people forget. Do you remember how good for fantasy Trent Richardson's rookie season was? He sucked. He was that bad. Dude was terrible. Bad. Even his rookie season, he was oh, man. Now, awful. Now you're bringing back nightmares. Oh, my God. First, Trey Richardson first for the Colts. Oh, yeah. oh, and he, was, he finished as an RB1, and he was awful. Yeah. Najee Harris is going to be, at worst, okay. Yeah. And w- he's going to get that kind of touch load. There's yeah. no I, – unless he gets hurt, if it – you know, if he's healthy, there's no way he's not an RB1. No way. Nothing's stopping him. Nothing's no, stopping him. Absolutely no way. Besides injury. Like, yeah, that's absolutely the only thing. no way. Yeah, he's he's going way too low. I will take Najee Harris everywhere. Uh, my my home league is a keeper league, and um, well, you get one keeper, and it takes away that round's pick. So I'm the fourth pick. The person with the number one pick has the number one pick, is almost assuredly going to take Saquon Barkley. The two and the three are keeping their guys McCaffrey and Kamara and losing their first round pick. I might take Najee Harris. Do it. Do it. Do it. I might take Najee Harris as my first pick. Oh, I might do it. So great. It's going to be so great for you. And like this is a journey that just like oh, you all need to take it with me. I mean the Najee Harris train is leaving the station at uh, rapid rapid speeds. Like you you got to be on. You got to be on. You got to be on. No, you have to. You have to. You Especially- literally have to be on. Yeah, his ADP, don't listen to this ADP on Fantasy Pros. It says it's RB21, 38 overall. Cut that in half. I, w- I wonder if they're just... I don't care. RB10 going 19th overall, I'll still take him. Before like that. I said, cut that in half. And that's, yeah. that's and it's still value. Just, that's Mike's they, guy. Are they lowering the rookies? What, is that a thing? I think, it's like, just, I think it's counting ADP from before they were drafted. Yes, I looked into it. So Fantasy Pros, because I'm always curious about like... If things don't make sense, why they don't make sense? Fantasy Pros right now is Yahoo, Fantrax, and FFC. FFC's data goes back before the draft. So FFC's data includes stuff from before everybody was drafted. So that's that's where the headache lies. But it's also mm-hmm. weird because we figured he was going to be on the Steelers. Yeah. That was like probably the most obvious thing. Other than Trevor Lawrence going number one, yeah, Najee Harris like two, was going to go to the Steelers. There yeah. was like two possibilities. Either the Falcons reach or trade back and end up with Najee, and he's the guy, or he goes to the Steelers, and he's the guy. There was yeah. the, That's like there were two scenarios, and both of them were he's in a perfect situation for fantasy. Right. Yeah, so on, on draft night, as soon as the draft is over, I publish fantasy thoughts on the first round every – fantasy relevant player that was drafted the only way i can do that and stay sane is if i pre-write some of the players i pre-wrote trevor lawrence to the jags and Najee harris to the steelers yes like it was it was it was so simple to Mm -hmm. just go a to b and some people are like well what if c happens it's like no it's gonna be a to b it's not gonna 
if, if the, some things don't need to be overanalyzed. Exactly. The brain does not need to be, you know, let out of the no, big brain no. cage on this. Liz, like just Liz, not Najee Harris. Use your lizard brain. Just be yes. like, good pick. It's this. And and then and then all that was 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 undone by Travis Etienne to the Jaguars. I was like, come on, guys, what are you doing? That, that was pretty much yeah. <laughs> what? That was the or Kadarius Tony to the Giants. That too. Yeah. Was, oh like, yeah, Tony to the Giants. Yeah, that's such yeah. a weird situation there. Yeah, yeah. it was it was uh, uh the uh Travis Etienne not going to the Miami Dolphins was the shot heard around the world. Everybody everybody right. freaked out. All right, so. We're pro Najee show here. Yes, um, let's move on to the wide receivers. Yeah, let's talk about these wide receivers. I don't really want to, honestly, because like there's no I, right answer. No, you can't be right. Like there's no way to be right here. I'm. We didn't talk about quarterback because I my suggestion on Ben Roethlisberger is no, and um, if you end up in a bad situation, you can stream him in home games because he'll probably be okay. Because yeah. of volume, but don't draft the guy. His arm is falling off. Um, it he hasn't run. run off already. Yeah, it, it might have. I'm not sure. They might have had to yeah. like stitch it back on. I'm not sure. But yeah. Uh, <laughs> I mean, we I all have, saw the picture of him just like completely. That, that was taped from like up. four years ago too. Was it really? Was it Good really? God. Yeah, <laughs> it's not even a recent picture. <laughs> like he's been. This dude has been like that for like half a decade, and he's still playing. <laughs> Yeah, I, I mean, mean the man had Tommy John. Yeah. Yeah. It's I, crazy because like Roethlisberger, he has been the quarterback of my favorite football team since I was in elementary school. Like it's it's been a while. It's been a while. <laughs> like, yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, he killed me in the Colts in that playoff game in uh, was it 2003 when he made that tackle on. Uh, yeah. Belzler. Yeah. yeah. Shoestring tackle on the baddest the, fumble. The 94, yeah. the Steelers got us in the AFC champ. Yeah, you know, it's it's been, and then the Raiders and so it's, I've had a long, long history with with these Steelers. <laughs> so Sorry, yeah. Sorry to hear about it, Mike. All right. Yeah. All right, guys. Wide receivers. Yeah, so, Herms. So I, I would like Herms I, to rank them since they're. Oh, Walker, you you seem to have something planned. So Walker. I was just gonna say. Uh, yeah, I, I just want I I want one two three. What's your order of these guys? All right, Herms, we'll start with you. Okay, so the caveat here that is very very important to throw in is that like they they the front office has been talking about the fact that like you know they're they've been acquiring personnel with like the like they want to help Matt Canada install his system. Which is a little bit, you know, strays from what the team has done in the past. And, like, un- until we know exactly how that's going to be implemented and we hear a little bit more from, like, beat writers. Because, like, I really trust the people who cover the Steelers. They do a phenomenal job. Like, that's the big thing. There. Like, I, for me personally, I will need some of that information from when actual camp starts to really get, like, the answers I think I need. Because in Matt Canada, like, if it's just his system right away then it would be chase claypool would be best suited to be involved in that but if it's more of a slow burn you know transition from like you know the past to the future all that throughout the year then it's going to be deontay johnson because like i don't care how many times he's dropped the ball because guess what people who get targeted a lot 
tend to drop the ball a little more often than people who don't get targeted a lot. That's just how things work. And, you know, you look at some names of players who've dropped the ball a similar number of times, you know, like DK Metcalf's name is up there. Do we hear people relentlessly just like, you know, crapping all over Metcalf for his drops? Like, no, not really. So just like, yeah, that's another one. So it's just like, I don't know. Like there's just this whole, People want to dislike Deontay Johnson, so they just do. It's fine. Let him do it because he's, you know, like, because the thing we were saying earlier, it's just like, you know, Ben can't throw the ball that far anymore. And, you know, it's been dwindling and dwindling over time to the point where, you know, like the best receiver in the Steelers, you know, offense traditionally, at least as we think of them in recent history, is not the big play guy because right. like, Ben can't throw it that far. So <laughs> right. if, it's, it if it's more like the days of old, then it's, Deontay Johnson, number one, not particularly close. Then it's a little closer between Juju and Claypool, but I would tend to go with Juju Smith-Schuster at that point because, like, the slot receiver for the Steelers, traditionally, in recent memory, has been a fairly reliable person, even though the mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, the average depth of target is directly over the offensive line. But, <laughs> I mean, it's, it's fine. It's fine. Yeah, no, uh, Deontay... So, like, I think what happened was, like, they had the offensive line... They had Juju run, like, just run past the center, turn around, and then they had Deontay run behind Juju and turn around. Because it was like, Juju was like four yards downfield, and Deontay was like six yards downfield for their ADOT. It was, they, they, were, they were in the classic double stick. <laughs> Juju yeah. Smith-Schuster's ADOT was 5.6 yards. Oh, boy. It's not great. Not no. good. Not great, Bob. Oh, so for the drops, we're talking about Deontay Johnson. This is perfect. I had a conversation come up this week about drops and it was between uh me i'm trying to figure out who's in here rotosurgeon me uh akash uh, frank amarante who he and i will never see eye to eye on a player ever it seems um (laughs) we looked at drops and i did a thing where i was like okay uh the average player i took out injury guys i took out uh, guys that retired guys who weren't even in the league on average, a guy lost about 15 targets if he ranked in the top 10 in, in, in drop rate. And I'm, I and I mean, Deontay has those to lose, though. Right. He had like 144 targets last year. See, that's the thing. I have him projected for 125 targets this year. I think it's yeah. going to come down a little bit. It has to. I still but... have him wide receiver 27. He's not going to be bad. Yeah, and those, by the way, uh, if you, and then my second half of that is guys who did that with at least 100 targets only lost, they lost about 12. Sure. And Deontay, even if he, he, even if he's in line with that, he has those to lose. He has so many targets last year. It was insane. And I feel good about Deontay because I don't think that, that, I mean, the perfect example I like to, I, I, that I'm looking at is our drops consistent from year to year. Evan Ingram had, 10 last year, two in 2019, two in 2018 and 13 in 2017. It's like, it's, it's, it's almost random. It's, it's almost random. I don't, I don't, he can't have that many drops. And I think that the extra catches, the extra targets are going to be, or the targets lost are going to be offset by the extra catches. So I, I, he was good with the drops. I think he'll be good. I think he'll be, even if he loses targets, I think he'll still be good with the drops. But at the same time, I'm still talking about, like, my wide receiver 26. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I, I have all of them between 27 and 32. I, I would draft Deontay the earliest because I think it's the likeliest he gets the most targets. I, I'm not going to say 
that my dog Josh, didn't like that. You got I'm, you got the Frankie. <laughs> no, you I'm, Frankie I'm not going to say that Deontay is or, or that, that that the drops matter that much, but I I don't think my eyes deceived me last year or on his college tape. I don't think Deontay Johnson is good at football, but I think he's pretty good at fantasy football. He gets, he, so correct me if I'm wrong, Herms, uh-huh. you can correct me if I'm wrong. Um, he is pretty good at getting open in the short area, but he doesn't do much with it. And Ben Roethlisberger's like, all right, I can do, I can work with this. And that's why he got so many targets, but he, I mean, he's just, I, I kind of agree. Like, he's, he's there. He's, he is a, I think less t- marginally less talented version than Jarvis Landry on the dolphins. He's got better. I think he's got more, more juice. I would say yeah, ir- ironic. Given yeah, ironically, but, um, definitely similar usage. Yeah. Um, I, it's not a bad, it's definitely not a bad comparison. Like, I, I think he's, I, I would like to say I do not think he's bad. But, of those, the weird thing is, of those three receivers, I think Johnson is the worst wide receiver. But I would take him first in fantasy because they seem to pepper him with targets and Ben likes him. Yeah. Yeah. I think what's tricky is that the sample size we have for Deontay Johnson is a year with Mason Rudolph and a guy named Duck, and the other one <laughs> is with a guy with a noodle arm. So it's like I'm like I don't know, and like the other thing about him is the fact like I th- my the thing I like about him the most is that like when you get him the ball in space, it's like yo watch him dance, man. But like Pretty sometimes shifty. you can see it like on his face where it's just like, he's thinking a little too far ahead about what he's about to do rather than, you know, the whole look the ball into your hands thing sometimes. So like, but that's only sometimes like, you know, I will, like that's the part of the drop thing that I think is a reality where it's just like, Mm -hmm. yes, sometimes you can see his brain's a little further ahead of where it should be because it's like, nah, focus, do the thing and then do the other thing. Like, you got to, it's a sequence, you know, you have to catch the ball, then move. But, like, yeah. you know, I, I, I think, I, I think he's, I think he's very talented. I really do. It's just, we, and I don't think we're really going to see what he can truly be until we know who the next quarterback of the team is going to be. And if that next quarterback of the team is good, oh, no, we're not. No, no, no. <laughs> I refuse. Do you know what? Do you want to do you want to feel good, Herms? I just remembered it popped in my head a couple years ago. Remember we got in an argument, Mike, about whether uh, Mason Rudolph or Dwayne Haskins was the worst quarterback in the league. Yes, <laughs> that, was, that was awesome. Uh, yes. And and to to do a callback, the answer was actually Ryan Finley. Yeah, I mean it's whew, that's that's um, rough behind Ben. No, so, I I pretty much agree with you, Herms. Honestly, I I think. I would would I I would say yes. Deontay Johnson has bad hands. No, it's not that important. Yeah, that was that was the conversation that I was having where I was like, 
drops do not make you a bad player, but drops are a key component of bad players, if that makes yeah. sense. Uh, like this Deont- is- Deontay Johnson has an issue. Yes. But I'll still right. take him in fantasy football if the price is right. This is how I look at it. Okay. What kind of drops are they? Are they contested drops or are they focus drops? If they're focus drops, I'm I'm more leaning to the fact that okay that that can be fixable. If they're mm-hmm. contested drops, then we might have a problem. Yeah. Um, his so, were mostly focus drops. A lot of his were focus drops. It's true. So I remember. It, I'm just remembering him right. being wide open and him trying to catch the ball while running and and kneeing the ball out of his hands. I, I'm just having this memory of him kneeing the ball out of his out of his own hands when he was going to catch wide open. I think it was on a on a on a crosser. And I was just like, I think that might have been on the Tuesday game, the Tuesday afternoon game. I was like, what are you doing, Deontay? Um, I guess the good news is that he isn't Diami Brown. So as long as he's not Diami Brown out there, it's all good. Wow. All right. Let's rank him. Let's rank him. And then we can we can get our sleeper breakers and breakouts and busts. And we can get on with this because uh, we have a patented two hour podcast on our hands, boys. Let's every go. time we go in, I'm uh, like, let's do 90 minutes. And every time I walk out, I'm like, two and a two half hours. hours. <laughs> All right, because uh, we had to get the fear cast in. Don't forget That's fear, right. sheets. fear sheets coming your way. Uh, Deontay Johnson, Chase Claypool, Juju Smith-Schuster. Um, that's the way they're coming off the board. My rank is probably Chase Claypool, then Deontay, then Juju, uh, just because I was I really like Chase Claypool. I like Chase Claypool before the draft so much that I thought I was doing something wrong. Like because I was looking around and nobody was talking about Chase Claypool, and I was like, I was like, what? he's he's mike evans with slightly like with shorter arms like he he does a lot of the same things in college at least in the nfl it's like eh, kind of kind of uh i took the l on that one i i didn't i didn't see it and i was wrong yeah and but nobody was talking about chase claypool Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. he was like everybody's like wide receiver nine and i was like he's like four for me am i doing something wrong (laughs) like what am i what am i doing wrong here no Um, you you got it you nailed it i nailed it so all right so that's my i'm gonna stick with uh claypool then, then a step down, the Deontay and Juju back to back. Those are my one, two, three. Okay. Uh, uh, since I usually go last, well, Herms go last. So Walker will go to you. Uh, I will go with Johnson, Claypool, Smith, Schuster. Okay, Mike. Johnson, Schuster, Claypool. I will real quick reason why uh, I believe Najee Harris is going to be carrying the ball. Quite a bit. They're going to be running wide because Ben Roethlisberger doesn't have an arm. So when you don't have a quarterback who can throw the ball, what are you going to do? You're going to run. And that's what Najee was brought over for. Number two, Claypool is a deep receiver. So do we think that uh, someone without an arm is going to be able to get it to Claypool quite often? Heck no. Uh, I do like Claypool's ability to run the ball. So I think that's going to really boost his value. But it's just going to be when they throw, it's going to be short passes. And the short pass guys are Deontay Johnson or Juju Smith-Schuster. Uh, who do I like better out of Johnson and Schuster? I like Johnson because he can do more with the ball than Schuster will be in the slot. So Johnson, mm-hmm. Schuster, Claypool, pretty far back from Claypool, I think. I, I have him like 38-40. Wow. Wow, okay. All right. It's just Ben's arm, it sounds like, is a big problem it, for It's you. Ben's arm. If Ben yeah. was 10 years ago, I'd be all over Claypool. But I, I, God, would, I wish it was 10 years ago, too. I wouldn't have so many aches and pains. I, I will... I, I don't expect I expect Claypool to have a quote unquote disappointing sophomore season, and then you're going to get him at an insane discount next year, and he's going to ball out. 
With Jimmy Garoppolo under center? With, with whoever. <laughs> just anybody who can throw the ball downfield. He's going to have a huge, like, borderline wide receiver one season, and you're going to get him for cheap as hell. He's going to – he's good. so what he's going to be is every year is there's the wide receiver that the entire fantasy community is in on, but nobody wants to take before, like, wide receiver, like, 18. And that's going to be Chase Claypool next year. Yeah, this year it's Cooper Cup, except I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid either. Wide receiver wide, – oh, wait, he got dropped down. He was by a wide receiver 8, but now he's 12. I don't know what happened here. Anyways. Oh, you have him higher than me. I have him 13. Look at this guy. All right, Herms, wide receivers. In which order would you take these guys? All right, well, okay. If it's a slow burn into uh, Matt Canada doing his thing, then it's uh, Deontay, Juju, and then Claypool for me. If it's if they're just going to do the Matt Canada thing from Jump Street, because that's a lot of play action, that's a lot of like weird end around stuff because he he likes to mess with the defense's mind and just disguise things. That's really what he's going to try and do. Claypool will be perfect for that and I would reverse that order. So and I, you know Claypool so Juju is second no matter what. That's okay. basically what I'm saying. So it oh. really like you we can flip Deontay and Claypool depending on what happens. So like honestly like I like really encourage people like follow what happens and what they're saying at camp because like i said they're they're one of the most well-covered teams and traditionally under tomlin like they're a fairly truthful staff you know they don't really that's true they, yeah they yeah. don't really beat around the bush a lot i mean like if you ask them a question they will give you a fairly direct answer tomlin and even if it's kind true. of vague like it, there's not a lot of lines to read through with them so like we will know a lot in like what three weeks yeah <laughs> Yeah, we're we're going to know very soon. Yeah, the season's really, really sneaking up on us. So, all right. So, uh, tight end. Do we care about Eric Ebron or Pat Fryermuth? One word. No. 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 Mike? No. Uh, one I mean, word. This is, this is, the one word is for you, Mike. You're only allowed one word. Ah, uh, no. Okay. All right, I'll give you ten words. Even ah uh, would be acceptable because it sounds like <laughs> Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> Pat Fryermuth, no. Eric Ebron, almost assuredly, also no. Yeah, he's closer. So I have, all right. I have Ebron tied at 20, so still don't do it. You want to talk about drops? Yeah. The man, I mean, the man loves to drop. <laughs> trust me. Oh, trust me. Yeah, you don't have to tell Walker. I know. Oh, he knows. <laughs> Could you he imagine burned if he, three guys. He burns burned Walker in Detroit, burned me in Indianapolis. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Oh, yeah, like, Walker, what's up? <laughs> Jeff, Jeff, get ready. He's going to the yeah, Niners. Yeah, he's going to San Francisco. If the Niners rely yeah, on Eric Ebron, something's gone horribly wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Kittle, I'm Kittle talking goes, like a Kittle car crash with the Steelers Steelers tra- yeah. Kittle goes down, the Steelers trade him to you for a fifth-round pick at the deadline. <laughs> oh, my God. No, do not put that evil into the world. Uh, all right, guys, let's uh, let's wrap this up. Uh, just give me the names. Mm-hmm. I want a sleeper breakout and bust from this division from each of you guys. So whoever wants to go first can go first. Uh, I'll let Mike go first. Uh, I was not nobody, prepared for this. Nobody, <laughs> oh boy. Somebody doesn't read the show notes. Um, I guess I missed that would that part. Uh, sleeper, I'm gonna go Rashad Bateman. Um, bust. I will go. Uh, can I can I say the can I say the quarterback now? Lamar Jackson. Um, yes, you're allowed to pick that. <laughs> um, Mike's angling to get kicked off the show as I think. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
uh, what was it, the sleeper? So I got sleeper, bus, and what was the other one? Breakout. Breakout. So somewhere in the middle, whatever that means to you. Oh wow. Um, I guess uh, breakout. Oh, that's in this division. Uh, you just either got young or old. Uh, I got an easy breakout for you. There you go. T. Higgins is a good breakout. All right. Yeah. That's fine. Yeah. Um, Walker, what about you? Um, I will say bust. I'm going to go Odell. Okay. Um, breakout. To me, that means kind of a guy who hasn't had a huge amount of success that kind of pops off kind of out of nowhere. Um, I'll I'll say I'll go with uh I'll go with Burrow. Okay. For the breakout, and then sleeper, I gotta go with Gus Bus. Gus Bus. Yeah, that that's a good one. Herms, what about you? Okay. Uh, the OBJ is the bust is the free space. Yep. On the card. So uh, <laughs> I'm gonna go with that. And then uh, breakout. Uh, and I say this just relative to my insane levels of optimism. I'm I'm still going to say Najee Harris qualifies again relative to my hmm. insane level of optimism. I think that counts. I think that's fair. Yeah. And then uh, what's the other one? Sleeper. Yeah. Uh, dude. I mean, I get. Yeah. No. I'm gonna I'm gonna move off Gus Bus because I feel like that's becoming less true every day. Um. Because like people are coming around, man, and like good for them, Starting you know. Because I mean, like you know, seven hundred yards at least is happening. His, his ADP <laughs> is RB forty now, which is not as far off as it has been in the past. Yeah, yeah. So it's like you know, I that will grow to a point where he will be a known enough commodity. Ah, uh, man, I don't know. Okay, well, I mean, I'm in the TV market for the Ravens. I know how this offense works. Even the. Uh, Rashad Bateman, I think, is one of the you know like I could I could see it working out well because there have been times in the past where Willie Sneed was reliable enough for you as a flex, you know, and I I could see him filling that role and doing fine with it if they choose to use him that way, and that that will be valuable. I like it, so yeah, you know what, go for it. Th- those those are my three answers. Okay. Okay. Um, so I'm trying to decide. I, I wrote an entire sleeper break sleeper breakout and bus series. Um, duh, 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 I, I mean, Odell Beckham, free space. There's that. Um, but I think the guy that wasn't mentioned, we didn't really, we kind of beat around the bush with him. With it's a guy who's going as a top 40 wide receiver who I don't think finishes anywhere near there. It's, it's Hollywood Brown. We kind of just kind of beat around the bush with that. Oh, he, he did he, well at the end of the year. He's going top 40. Yeah, he's wide receiver 39 when I wrote this. Yeah, that's a bust for me for sure. Yeah, he did finish the year well, but it was still it was only... A, it was a lot of blown coverages, too. Yeah, and it was only four catches for 56 yards. He just managed to clock a touchdown every game. Yeah. So that's... The, so, yeah, Marquise Brown, I think his... I think his... I mean, he'll be closer to what he did in the first half of... Uh, or the first 10 games of last year, which was three catches for 43 yards a game. I think it'll be closer to that, but it's going to be like, it's going to be like a 30 yard catch and then like a blown screen and then like a 10 yard catch. Like that's what it's going to be. It's going to be really annoying to watch Uh sleeper. I guess I, I said Harrison Bryant is what I wrote about. That's interesting. Um, and then uh, I'm going to go with this. I'm going to go. I'm going to go hot take Eric Ebron. That's right. <laughs> sleeper tight end. 
He's, I mean, he's 23 right now. He has had the most Ben targets last year. There's no way named, he's 23 years old. No, tight end. <laughs> yeah. Tight end 23. Tight end. Walker almost quit the podcast off of that. No. I was like, huh? Eric yeah. Ebron was a pro at 17? No, no, no. no. <laughs> he was tight end 23 right okay. now. He had, okay. he had 91 targets last year, which is the most Big Ben's ever given a tight end not named Heath Miller. Mm. I, I, I looked into it. Who are you, who, I, who are you saying? I can't, I can't. He said Heath. Oh, Heath. I thought you went <gasps> like I got one wrong. I was like, oh, no, like, that's it's, like, it's, it's a like, Steelers fan miss? thing. It was, yeah. you know, because Heath, Heath Miller yeah. would catch the thing. Yeah, yeah, we, do, yeah. we do. We do. We do juice for use check, which sounds a little bit more problematic. Uh, but not, oh. it's no it's no John, uh, Poon, which is the most oh. problematic chant of all time. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> oh. Please um, stop doing that. Whoever you are. Yes, um, but yeah, I mean, the average Big Ben wide receiver or tight end averages 71 targets per season, which I'm not saying that Eric Ebron's going to be a top five tight end, but I think he's going to go firmly in the top half of the blob when all said and done, and he's going tight end 23. So I actually did have a reason for that. So that's my sleeper. My bust is Hollywood Brown. My my breakout is T. Higgins, because he'll be a top 20 wide receiver. I don't know. Um yeah, that's what I wrote about. It's, I shouldn't have gone last because I'm like, oh, man, everybody took all the good guys. So I'm left saying <laughs> Eric, Eric Ebron, T. Higgins, and uh, who was my who was my my uh, bust? Oh, Hollywood Brown. So, all right. So that's it. That's the AFC North. Herms, thank you for joining us. Why don't you go ahead and plug your pluggables. Um, tell the people where they can find you uh, once again before we get out of here. Hell yeah, my dudes. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at HermsNFL. You can find my work with The Lateral at The Lateral FF. Check out the website, www.thelateralff.com. We have a YouTube channel that is a bunch of letters and numbers and stuff. Same with us. <laughs> yeah, you know, so it, like, it's one of those things, like, if, you, if you're compelled to find it, like, you'll find it. It's just not going to be the easiest journey in the world. And then uh, The Lateral Show Podcast. Woohoo! Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's it's such a fun time. We just dropped our uh, Scott Fishbowl uh, preview episode, so check that out. I don't know when this comes out, so it might be a moot point if you're participating in the tournament. But regardless, I mean, like it's still a look. It like, we touched on just you know because it's still a redraft league, so like there's still morsels of information in there. So that's like good. don't completely avoid it if you know this comes out at a point where it would be inconvenient for you to use it as a preview for the tournament itself, but I don't know, long-winded way of saying, listen to the podcast. Uh, <laughs> it's a good, and, uh, I, I listened to that episode today when I was out running errands. It's a, even if I, even if you're not in the Scott Fishbowl, a lot of good stuff in there. A lot of good 100%. stuff in there. Yeah. Yeah. So, and then uh, the Rum Boys Fantasy Network. I'm always on Rum Boys After Dark on Friday nights. So it's uh, if you want to see me do this, but drunk, <laughs> it's, it's a good time <laughs> alright perfect and I, I said it earlier this week uh, it's my lateral podcast definitely check it out it's my favorite new favorite new podcast you and Malcolm do a great job oh. I love it yeah oh. it's 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 um I, I consider the lateral to be like a sister a sister project for us so um I, I, I thanks for having having us on I messaged Malcolm while we were on the podcast today. Say, hey, bud, come on, come on the Twitch stream because I feel bad I haven't had him on. So um, as for us, let's plug the site, footballobsidy.com. Player profiles are going up. Beer sheets are live as of today. Twitch.tv slash footballobsidy. No Monday episode this week. We'll be back on Wednesday with uh, 
Kevin slash you slash beer seats slash bearded beer God, whatever you know him as it's the man who brings you beer sheets. We're going to be debuting the beer sheet and we will uh, be doing that um, at probably about four o'clock Pacific on Wednesday. And uh, we'll be back in two weeks in this feed with uh, Kevin Masurgeon uh, talking the NFC West four weeks with uh, Lindell, uh, Lindell, Lindell, Lindellians on Twitter talking the AFC West. Um, So Herms, thanks for coming. Uh, check everybody out. I'm Jeff Crisco on Twitter. Mike's RFL Reds on. Walker's Big Daddy Dricks. Uh, Herms is Herms NFL. The website is footballabsurdity.com. The Patreon, patreon.com slash footballabsurdity. So for Mike and Walker and Herms, who's doing a little dance, this is Jeff. Thanks for listening. Take care. Hit, him, hit the dab one more time, Walker. <laughs>